Welcome to episode 111 of Tim Talk, the podcast about the DC animated universe co-created by Bruce Tim. I'm Chris Lord. I'm Cameron Dexter. And uh, Cameron, you, you, you've changed your mind slightly on Aquaman since we saw it, right? I, like what, how do you yes. feel about it now, uh, Well, I feel like the world is spiting me with how much rain we're getting. I was like, you will <laughs> like this movie or you will drown. <laughs> I mean, we do live in Los Angeles. We're not prepared for this. We are not. We very well may drown yeah. today, um, but we'll die podcasting. Yeah, my, my, I mean, yes, I, I'm not as angry as I was walking out of the theater. Okay. Uh, I'm still not a big fan, but I, I've come to appreciate it a little bit more. Okay. Well, was one of your favorite parts of the movie the sequence with The Trench? Uh, clearly. Because apparently we're getting a spinoff of it. Great. Like, this is just a rumor, and this came from The Hollywood Reporter, but I guess they do have a couple writers on board to start working on it, and they've confirmed that James Wan will be producing it, whatever iteration this thing will actually end up being. They're, he's going to produce it, but like none of the principal cast will be back. Is it just going to be like a movie in pitch black because they can't do light? They can't do light? I don't know. I mean, it's, it's supposed to be like a horror movie based off the characters of The Trench. Well, I mean, like... I, I get him pushing for horror because that's his genre. Yeah, but I don't I don't think this I doubt this I is James Wan producing. Yeah, like really pushing for this. Honestly, this sounds like desperation on Warner Brothers' part. Yeah, because uh, based on a conversation we're gonna have later in this episode, uh, I would love if they would do like like they could do Starro as a horror movie. Oh, that's kind be of cool. the brainwash aspect of that. Yeah, and, like I could definitely see James Wan playing with that kind of suspense and thriller. Mm-hmm. And that fits in Aquaman. Like, like yeah. usually we find Starro in either space or in the water. Underwater. That's actually a really good idea because mm-hmm. this just sounds... Thank you. <laughs> I mean, I think you should just go work for Warner Brothers. I've... I think you could single-handedly save them at this I, point. I mean, I could be their Kevin Feige. <laughs> and by that, it's just only Green Lantern movies. Just nothing but Green Lantern. Well, also Red Lantern movies. Orange well, yeah, Lantern I mean, the whole movies. lantern spectrum. All, all the lanterns, all the mm-hmm. colors of the lanterns will be up there. I would there. build up to their their version of, of in-game would definitely be Blackest Night. Oh, yeah, um, of course. Yeah. I mean, that would be a much better way to go, because I just, I don't see the fucking yeah, point of have this. have everyone tie. <laughs> yeah. This is just, like, the dumbest idea from a, a company that is basically known for doing a lot of really dumb ideas. Yeah. I mean, you said this a long time ago that it seems like they're literally just announcing things just to see what sticks. Well, did, did you see the the thing I posted to Tim Talk the other day <clears throat> to this story? Uh, I think I may have. I um, forget. Remind me, though. Let's <clears throat> say I didn't. Sorry. Uh, someone made a post. It, it came from, if you're not following the Great Maids page on Facebook, I recommend it. Yes. Um but it came from there and someone made a, a graph or a graphic of all of the movies they've announced in what stage of production they're in. Oh my God. That must <clears> be a huge graphic. Yeah. Well, it, it's, it's only ones that have some component. Okay. So they, they broke it up between if it has a writer, director, or a main cast selected. So the ones they mentioned are Flash, Lobo, Justice League Dark. I'll, I'll go through it with what they have. Mm-hmm. So Flash has a writer, director, and cast. Uh, the last time it was updated was November 15th, 2018. Uh, Lobo has a director. Justice League Dark has a writer. Cyborg has an actor. Uh, Black Adam has a writer and actor. Green Lantern Corps has a writer. Aquaman 2 has a director. Uh, Gotham City Sirens, which I can, I can think we can just assume is has fallen off and is I think, now i think just, so yeah i think they're just doing um, um 
Birds of Prey. Yeah. Uh, that had a director and, uh, and cast. Uh, Deadshot has an actor. Nightwing has a writer and director. Uh, Batgirl has a writer. What is this one? Uh, Harley and Joker has a writer and cast. New Gods has a director. Joker has an actor. Uh, Supergirl has a writer. Blue Beetle, Blue Beetle has a writer. Plastic Man has a writer. Deathstroke has an actor. Uh, Black Hawk has a writer. Uh, and JL2 and Man of Steel 2 are both unclear. My God. What a mess. And that's not even everything. What? A, yeah, what a goddamn mess. Yeah. Ugh. I mean... Whatever. Whatever. Like, what What does it matter at this point? I know. Like, the thing is, we will see all of them. We will hate ourselves for doing it. We will we'll probably hate the movies. Feeling worse. And then we'll still talk about it. We'll yeah. see the next one they do because they've just, they've roped us in. Yeah. It's this horrible, abusive relationship we now have with that goddamn company. It's, I mean, yeah, we've said it a few times before. It's a bubble that's just going to keep growing. And I, I, I used to see a popping point, but I don't see it anymore. No. I thought Infinity War was going to be the bubble burst, but I'm like, fuck, no. It's not no. even close. No, because now I think Warner Brothers is going to just double down on their independent films. Mm-hmm. They're, they're going to stop doing the continuous universe thing, which is probably yeah. for the best. Well, actually, no, I thought the bu- I thought not, not, a ho- not a pop, but maybe like a hole in the bubble was going to be Venom. Oh, right. And we fucking saw it wasn't because goddamn fanboys are up their ass with like, it's not that bad. Fuck you. It's that bad. It's terrible. It's horrible. Yeah. It was one of the worst movies I saw last year. It was not the worst, but don't worry. Warner Brothers still has ownership of that title for me. Yep. God damn it. Aquaman. Aquaman <laughs> oh, was fine. It was fine. Mm-hmm. Oh my God. But... We can look forward to that trench spinoff in 2022 or some oh shit. Oh, boy. Who even knows? I mean, otherwise, there really wasn't a lot of news this week. There was a little bit of reporting on what the, the Pennyworth show is going to look like. Because now the Gotham's over, they're going to do a even further prequel. Great. Which I don't, I don't think it's set in the same universe as Gotham, but who knows? It very well maybe. But apparently, it's just going to be about Alfred, a young Alfred and a young Thomas Wayne forming a security company in London together. And it won't feature any Batman villains, so they say now. <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll see. We'll see. I'm sure Roz will pop up. Ra- he, I bet, no, I bet Roz or Vandal Savage will be like the overarching villain. Yeah, they'll probably show up at Vandal, some point. Vandal Savage is, is definitely like key he's going to go that. there. Yeah, because otherwise, apparently, it's just going to feature like other like uh, public domain characters, like a descendant of Jack the Ripper or something. Yeah, but it's going to be like what, what's the exact quote here? It's going to be unhinged. Great. An unhinged R-rated drama. Of course it is. It's probably going to be on like main, just on cable TV. Mm-hmm. It's going to be terrible. I, I could see, I mean, if, if they didn't say it was going to be R-rated, I could see it as being kind of a newer or kind of an updated version of Green Hornet. Oh, good old Green Hornet. Yeah. That movie. I really enjoyed that movie. <laughs> I, I kind of had fun with it. I loved Green Hornet as a character. Mm-hmm. Like I used to watch the 60s TV show a lot as a kid. And oh, uh, you good old Bruce Lee and Van Williams. And the, the Black Beauty is amazing. So I love they brought back that same car mm-hmm. in the new movie. But it, it definitely had some issues. It definitely didn't work <laughs> quite perfectly. I don't know what you're talking about. Yeah. That's a movie. I, I, I want to revisit that. It's been a I while. I kind of do as well, movie. actually. Like I want to go back and see, like is this just as forgettable as it seems like it was? Because yeah. I've forgotten it. 
I feel like there was some good stuff in there, right? Yeah, I feel like there were some good action scenes. Like the the Cato Vision thing was kind of clever. Mm-hmm. Um, it's still so weird that movie was directed by Michelle Gondry, though. Is so it? he directed Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind. Okay. And he's known for doing a lot of very surreal movies and music videos and stuff. Mm-hmm. And it's just such a weird blip. The, the weird news that I learned this week, kind of on that note, uh, which you probably know, but I, I just found out mm. about it and it really took me by surprise, is that Matilda was directed by Danny DeVito. Oh, I did read that I recently. I had no idea. Yeah. <laughs> have you revisited that in a while? I, I don't think I've ever seen Matilda. Really? That's surprising. Yeah, that seems like you very much in your wheelhouse. There, it, there were two that kind of escaped me as a kid. It was, it was Harriet the Spy okay. and Matilda. I, I never got around to watching. Yeah, I've seen Harriet the Spy. Mm-hmm. And I saw Matilda, but I don't remember really... I was too busy watching the Richie Rich sequel without <laughs> Macaulay, Coke, Macaulay Culkin. Was it like the Richie Rich Christmas or whatever? Oh, yeah. God damn Richie it. Rich's Christmas Wish. I don't know how to help you. Not to be like confused just... with, with uh, Wacko's Christmas Wish or you Yakko's ju- Christmas Wish. You just keep digging yourself <laughs> into a deeper and deeper hole. Have you seen Yakko's or Wacko's Christmas Wish? Because that's actually a good one. I've heard, I mean, it's the Animaniacs. I love the Animaniacs. Yeah. I haven't watched that. Mm-hmm. I'm far more likely to watch that than I am the Richie Rich Christmas Wish. Watching like Blank Check. Also, Richie Rich's Christmas Wish is very hard to say. It is. So is Wacko's Christmas Wish. Wacko's Christmas Wish. I feel like it's a little bit easier. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm, there are some of those that I do kind of want to go back and revisit. Like, I haven't seen Richie Rich in a long time. I would kind of want to see how well that holds up. It doesn't. It doesn't. Did you watch it recently? I've not, but I, I'm just assuming. Oh, that's right. Wait, you've never seen I've the never Macaulay Cole. <laughs> now we have to watch it. Now we have to watch now it. we have to. I'm all right with that. I love how I'm always giving you shit for watching bad movies and forcing you to watch the bad ones you still haven't seen. Hey, you know, I, I got to be a well-rounded, shitty movie watcher. I just want to make sure you're consistent. Yeah. At all times on these things. No, I appreciate that. Yeah. It's called character development. <laughs> I don't understand. No. Um, and I guess the only other bit of news was we got the teaser trailer, or I guess the full-on trailer for Justice League versus the Fatal Five. Yes. The potential new entry in the DC anime universe. I think most people are considering it basically mm-hmm. there. I think I even saw um, Matty Washburn post something from Sam Liu where he basically said, like, it is and it isn't. Like, it kind of came from the mind of Bruce Timm, but it's also its own thing. So it's 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 like it's like Batman or Harley Quinn. It's a loose cannon. Yeah. It's it's the loose cannon. It's, it's the, a loose it's cannon a, of cannon. It's the, it's the cop that doesn't play by the <laughs> rules of the DCAU. It's a loose unit, that movie. Yeah. I don't, it looks really much the dirty hairy of the, <laughs> the DCAU. Or any Clint Eastwood film between 1962 and 1980. <laughs> it's not the paint your wagon Clint Eastwood movie. Clearly not. I mean, it looks good. Yeah. I'm pretty excited about it. Um, you know, it's probably gonna be fine. I mean, just like Batman or Harley Quinn, it was fine. Mm-hmm. I think it's probably gonna be better than the rest of the the new 52 verse stuff they've been putting out. So yeah, I feel like they they're allowed to play more when they're not in that style. Yeah. And that's what I'm more excited about. It's just not seeing that. Style. I mean, I, I, I hate to just like bash on a group of people that are really trying to do their best, but also just like the voice performances, in the new 52 stuff is really flat. And I, maybe it's just because we're so used to the great voice work that came out of the DCAU and all those actors. And, mm-hmm. and maybe it just, this is the sign of missing someone like Andrea Romano, not to say that their new voice director isn't competent. I'm sure that, person whoever they are is Mm -hmm. but it's just it it lacks the punch i think of the older stuff um that's one of the things i still liked about batman or harley quinn was it's definitely got some weird stuff in there and some 
less than progressive moments around Harley. Don't know what you're talking about. But in general, the voice performances are really good. Mm-hmm. It's Kevin Conroy, Lauren Lester, you can't go wrong. Yeah. And I mean, we're, I think we also have the problem of, of putting on those nostalgia glasses. Yeah, well, we're also right in the thick of it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, but I mean, I'm excited about it. It should be good, mm-hmm. hopefully. Um, as we say about all DC properties. As we keep saying. I think we have slightly more hope in this than we have in other stuff. Um, but we've come to the end of Batman Beyond Season 2. Yes. Uh, in, I, I think, a fantastic episode. I, I really enjoyed this. I, I was skeptical when I read the synopsis where we watched Ace in the Hole, mm-hmm. which is an ace-centered episode. Which sounds like the recipe for disaster. Yes, because I also forgot that was the name of the dog, and I was thinking uh, Royal Flush Gang. Oh, that ace? Yeah. Oh. And I'm like, wasn't he a, a robot? He's a, he's a robot? So the robot of the dead girl. Yeah. So it's probably not the latter. Yeah. And then I'm like, oh, right, it's the dog. But, I mean, it's... It is a really good episode. It is. Um, so, because the other thing we're going to be talking about... It's a real 22nd century uh, Homeward Bound. It is. It's so sad. I had a very traumatic cartoon morning uh, because I also finally oh, finished my rewatch of Young Justice, which oh, we'll be talking God. about in this podcast so as well. Um, so, I had to deal with both Where's Wally. Oh, God. It still hurts. And on just, top just of hearing that, it. and then on top of that, we get to this episode of Ace getting lost. And it's like, it's not even just Ace getting lost, but also his backstory, mm-hmm. which is tragic in of itself. And even though they framed it around the context of Bruce's parents dying too. Yeah. Like I was watching this and I, I had full on tears going. It was not quite Wrath of Khan level, but it was substantial so there's uh there's an episode of avatar that i didn't realize is very based or very much kind of based in this episode okay uh it's called oppa's lost days in season two okay uh so if you, if you have you seen that i always forget have you seen the show or have you only seen i've it never once? seen any of it okay so oppa is their pet flying bison oh okay mm-hmm. i do know who that is I yes think. He, he's a pretty central character voiced by yes. bradley baker Oh, yeah. I mean, it's not voiced, but noised by D. Bradley Baker. So, I mean, D. Bradley Baker does Ace as well. Oh, I does think. he really? I think. I'm pretty sure. Yeah. Okay. I'm pretty sure. I mean, he, he is just kind of the animal or like the creature guy. Yeah. Well, it used to be Frank Welker who did Scooby-Doo. Mm-hmm. And now it's D. Bradley Baker. I'm yeah. pretty, I'll double check this. I'm pretty sure. Okay. Uh, I met him a few times. He's a, he's a wonderful, wonderful man. Oh, nice. Yeah. Uh, but in the episode. Oh, no. Sorry. It is Frank Welker. Okay. Continue. Um. In, in the episode, or not in that one, but earlier in the season, uh, Appa is kidnapped by some sandbenders, uh, and kind of the, the minor story arc for the next 10 episodes is them trying to find their pet. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so in the middle of that, we get an episode solely about what Appa's been up to since Aww. he was kidnapped. Okay. And it's very heartbreaking, because it, it's kind of the same thing. It's like he, he always just misses them. Oh, it's like he was sold to a circus uh, and then he was he's also the last of his kind. Okay, uh, because all the other flying bisons were killed by the Fire Nation. Uh, And so he's kind of a treasure for a lot of people. So he's sold uh, to a circus. He escapes. He's attacked by like another creature uh, and is saved by one of their friend, like one of the Avatar's friends. Mm -hmm. Uh, And then he's attacked by the Fire Nation. And it's just like poor guy Aww. is just like getting beat up and it ends in the most heartbreaking uh so they're in this in this giant city called bossing say mm-hmm. uh and the other pet is named momo he's a meerkat okay a flying meerkat 
Uh, Do any animals not fly in the Avatar universe? Uh, all basically everything from the Air Nation can fly. Okay. Or the air, the air nomads can fly. Okay. Uh, uh, but the, the, all the animals from the Fire Nation like pee fire or something. Uh, yeah, pretty much. Okay. They they have uh yeah they have uh like basically giant lizards are their are their go to animal. Okay. Uh, what do the lizards do? Do they have any sort of special? It depends on what kind. Usually they just they're just like giant and you ride them and they're, okay. they're kind of like their version of horses. Okay. Some of them can run on water for some reason. Do they look like that big weird dragon lizard thing from episode three when Obi Wan Kenobi is on Utapau? Yes, it's very it's very much Komodo dragon based. Okay, but mm-hmm. these ones fly. No, 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 they just run. They they run and I think they breathe fire. Okay, of course, because of course they do. They have uh, to. But the episode ends with the other pet Momo. Uh, finding a tuft, a tuft of Appa's hair or fur, uh, in Bossing Say, and he's like, you know, he kind of cuddles with it, and it zooms out, and it's his footprint, uh, and so you know he's in the city of like, oh, they're they're together, like they're they're so close. He's here somewhere. Yeah. And then it's and then you got to wait like two more episodes. Oh, those I monsters! I know. Yeah, th- this. I was trying to find a segue back. No, sorry. I can't do it. <laughs> I, I have to talk about it. Whenever the opportunity arises, I have to talk about Avatar. Aren't you happy that I just let you go? Thank you. I know. I mean, I was kind of paying attention to you as well. <laughs> yeah, because it's a good episode. Like, the, the Ace one is good. I do. But the, the Apple is, one is, is oh, I do so... really love a good bottle episode mm-hmm. like this. Um, I think oftentimes they don't work. Mm-hmm. But when they do, they really work. Yeah. Um, like, you know, you think about uh, rats from the season of Batman Beyond when Dana is down with like the weird rat boy thing. Yeah. Like, that one doesn't work particularly well. I mean, bless their heart for trying to give Dana more to do. And they kind of try. <laughs> mm-hmm. But the, overall, the episode's just not great. I think this one's actually like pretty solid. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, because basically the whole thing is, is that when Terry takes Bruce to a chiropractic appointment. He takes Ace for a walk, and Ace sees this guy who we later right. reveal is named uh, something Boxer, Ronnie Boxer, Ronnie Boxer. And so Ace chases after him, and in the process gets lost. So Terry needs to track down Ace, but before he can do that, Bruce is insistent that he figures out what's up with this random guy and why this guy had a supposedly destroyed gun. He had a, he possessed a gun that was so it's been destroyed and like the police impound and wasn't or evidence lock whatever it wasn't yeah so but we don't even know what this guy's up to so it it did feel like a little bit manufactured that that was just their way of like not just having it be terry going after ace Mm -hmm. but it is sad because as he's flying around the city like ace keeps spotting the batmobile and like just missing out yeah and like the animal control attempt to capture him but bless their hearts it's just not gonna happen ace is resourceful he's a fighter He's a fighter. Well, and that's the sad thing we learn is we get his whole backstory about how he was. But in that, we get Puppy Ace, which get I puppy think Ace. Ba- balances out the sad with the cute. It is super cute. And they are tactful in how they show the past and not navigate too bad. Mm-hmm. Like we see, because the whole thing was that Ronnie bought Ace off of like a, a corrupt animal control guy mm-hmm. to be trained as a fighting dog. And so we see Ronnie training Ace, and he like grabs the newspaper, rolls it up, and we think he's gonna hit him, hit Ace, which he doesn't. Right. He's gonna pokes him until Ace shreds the newspaper. I, I find that so amusing, dog abuse. <laughs> the the idea that that we can show kids getting hit in kids in in children cartoons, but the second an animal comes out, 
It's like you can't lay a finger on him. No, it's so much sadder. Yeah. <laughs> like, like the the line of, of how far you can go with abuse is is so different between animals and humans. Yes. I was like, I was I was thinking back to um I think it was Mad Love, one of the Batman, the new Batman Adventure episodes when I think it's Bruce like kicks one of the hyenas off of him, one of the Joker's hyenas. Mm-hmm. And Joker's like, hey, I don't hit your kids. Yeah. Actually, wait, I do. <laughs> We can hit the hyenas. We can't hit the dogs. Right. Um, But I guess Ronnie used like this, like electric shock glove on him. Now it seems like Ace never actually is in a fight. It looks like he's about ready to have his first dog fight when the the police raid it and he escapes. Um, But when he escapes, he runs out into like the alleys of Gotham and he comes across Bruce there laying flowers, presumably for the anniversary of his parents' death. Yes. With a very shitty limo driver yeah so like this is clearly well before terry and he just has hired some random guy to drive him around who's just just awful at his job yeah and just lets bruce go wandering by himself like that guy how long do you think that guy had that job uh i honestly didn't think it was like a like his actual assistant i feel like he just called a cab but he's in his own limo that is yeah. bruce's limo mm-hmm. so i feel like that guy maybe was employed for i feel like he got fired after this i i feel like they would just he was like the temp at at wayne at Wayne Powers. Oh, like and they, they kind of like cycle between Tim's and interns of like, you, you got to go, you got to go drive the boss around. Yeah. You got to go drive the old man around. Mm-hmm. No one wants that job. It's like, go to all these weird I'm alleyways. Like, I know we give you a lot of shit work to do. And this is the shittiest of is all the, the jobs, worst? but it, it, it comes with the responsibility. You have to drive him once. You drew the straw. Yeah. Have fun with this. Yeah. I'm so sorry. Take him to run down old parts of Gotham. He's crazy yeah he kind of is he's gonna he's gonna have a cane just make sure you're well out of that distance yeah keep outside of he cane, will cane range yeah he knows how to use that thing well that's like one of the fun kind of fun parts about that scene though is that he does still get to be a badass because he goes to drop off the flowers and there's a joker who basically like harasses him and tries to extort money and bruce just like shoves him off and then when Bruce's his back turned, the Joker comes back up on him. And Ace, who's been wandering around the streets, like jumps and kind of saves Bruce. Yeah. And then Bruce basically in turn saves him, which is a very literal version of like the, oh, who rescued who thing? Yeah. Which is like, look, I am a huge advocate for animal rescue. Like, I feel like you should always rescue pets rather than get them from a breeder or something like that. Mm-hmm. But anytime someone posts like the who rescued who thing, it's just like the most trite obnoxious phrase and it makes me so mad yeah yeah I, it, uh, I went into the office on friday and we spent a good 30 45 minutes an hour uh just trying to think of the best dog names we could what'd you come up with uh the one that i think i'm gonna take if if uh my coworker doesn't take it for the the puppy she's about to adopt uh was tortellini that's good that's, i feel like it's a, it's a really cute name you can call him little lini or torty Aww. Torty? I like Torty a lot. <laughs> I mean, shouldn't you honestly have a tortoise named Tortellini? I should. Yeah, I, I mean, that's should. like that's the better option. There. I also found out one of my coworkers does have a tortoise. Really? Yeah. He What's has, his name? I, I don't. I don't think he ever said his name. He has a tortoise, uh, a dog, and two cats, okay. and, a, and a newborn baby. Oh my god! <laughs> I'm like Jesus. <laughs> Uh, I feel like if I ever got a turtle, I would name it Shredder just to piss nice. people just to piss people That's off. Good. Though, They'd be like, well, wait, shouldn't? But it, Shredder <laughs> wasn't a turtle. Like, yeah, I don't care. I know, I know. Like, no, you, yeah, I'm aware. Yeah, yeah. 
or Splinter too. Either one of them. I no, I like Shredder because because you because instead of even just making the reference, just be like, yeah, because he shreds the lettuce. Yeah, and then someone would be like, oh wait, well, what about the the, the turtles? The what? What? Who? Yeah. What? Like, it's like the main villain from Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. That sounds ridiculous. No, that was a that was a rat. He's like, no, 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 the rat was the the trainer. <laughs> Named Splinter. <laughs> Named Splinter. It's like, well, that doesn't make sense. <laughs> I mean, I do love to troll people. Yeah. Uh, I have decided that if I, whenever I get a dog, which won't happen until years down the line, mm-hmm. uh, all my dogs will be named after famous drunkards. Drunkards? Drunkards. Like famous drunks through history. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like Winston Churchill, Peter O'Toole, Humphrey Bogart. Um, there's so many. Like hum- Humphrey is a good dog Humphrey's name. a really good dog name. Yeah. But also I love the idea of having a dog named Peter. Peter. Yeah, this is my dog, Peter. Peter O'Toole. <laughs> I pour whiskey Wait, in his bowl you, every day. Peter O'Toole. <gasps> oh, <laughs> yep. Yes. It, oh, wait a minute. Hang on. Do I need to have pun? Yes. Okay, wait. So if we got Peter O'Toole, um, oh, what would you do for Winston Churchill? Uh, I don't know. I was, I was thinking about Humphrey. Something like maybe like Humphrey uh, Bobark. Oop, yep, I'm on board. Humphrey mm-hmm. Bobark. Uh, uh, Winston Churchill. Uh, hmm. I don't know. If you think of a good dog-based Winston Churchill pun name, I mean, I my, write my, to us. The, my mind is going to, if you get a wiener dog, and it, it'd be like Wiener Churchill. But that, oh, that doesn't, work. it's not as good. Oh, it's not really it. punny. That's just a no, bad. It, yeah, it's just, it's just bad. It's just lazy. Yeah. I like refi- that's the late that's the low-hanging fruit joke i mean i love low-hanging fruit jokes that's not even that's just but on they, the ground that's they, not even a low-hanging yeah, that's just, yeah, just pick that joke up off the ground it's already rotten on the floor yeah no it, it still needs to have a good pun in there though everything is mm-hmm. better with puns um but uh, so when they find each other though in the the streets that is such a sad scene because we we've already i think at least once seen ace in the present time miss terry like watch the batmobile fly off and be really sad mm-hmm. and then we jump back we've seen little puppy ace is adorable we've been hinted at really horrible abuse to poor ace and then for bruce to be there mourning his parents and then come across the dog who gets hit and bruce is just like we just see his reflection in the window of the limousine as he's carrying like a limp ace into the car it's so fucking sad mm-hmm. it's like it's not just like lost injured dog but also dead parents yeah it's it's like the saddest moment yet like a lot of shit like he needs to stop going to that alley just shit happens there i know it it has its name for a reason that's true but i mean if he hadn't gone he wouldn't have met ace that's true he wouldn't have a ace now i wonder i mean he must have given ace the name ace yeah i wonder what if the dog had a name before when he was going to be a, a prize I, fighter. I feel like you don't, I mean, I don't, I don't know for certain, but I feel like they don't name you don't the name, dogs they fight with. But then how do you differentiate them? You point. <laughs> that one. Come here. You. Hey, you. Hey, you. Hey, you dog. Yeah. <laughs> Watch they all just come running up to you. <laughs> God damn it. I mean, even we need a better system. <laughs> even the dogs and up had names. It's true. Yeah. But they weren't, bred to fight no but they were utility dogs yeah they still name utility dogs because usually i mean it's going to the negative side of, of dog fighting usually when they lose you just kind of toss them yeah that's true so that's why you don't give them names because you don't want the emotional attachment this is all so sad 
This is life, Chris. I can't handle this. But so there's real world problems we're dealing with right here. I, I refuse. I'm just going to dive further into cartoons. <laughs> no, no, this is only a cartoon problem. <laughs> Why are all these cartoons making me cry? Because we're, we're weak and fe- we're in a very weak and feeble <laughs> state right now. That's true. I think I'm just perpetually emotionally broken. <laughs> I'm waiting for things to set me off. Um, well, it's like the, uh, the, the tweet from a few years ago that's now famous, but it's my favorite one to quote of, uh, I like to, I like to start my, my, uh, what is it? Mid-year or midlife crisis now. Cause I never know when I'm actually going to die. Oh God. <laughs> it's, oh, that's true. Yeah. Maybe I haven't yet had my midlife crisis. Maybe I've missed it. Yeah. You missed your, you missed your opportunity. I mean, we've already established that we're going to drown today. Yeah. From the torrential rains of Los Angeles. Yeah. These, these puddles coming from the sky. Um, but yeah, so we have that flashback sequence. I mean, that that's. Do you think that's one of the best moments we've had so far in Batman Beyond? The scene where they find each other in the alleyway. That that was really good. Uh, for season two, yeah, it's definitely the best moment of season two. Because so we're not going to do our short list this week because none of us came prepared to do it. No, but I kind of briefly looked back at season two. Season two, there's kind of a lot of stinkers actually. Mm-hmm. I feel like season one was pretty solid. And we're going to get some really exciting expansions in uh, season three. Like, we're going to spend a lot of time with Cobra. We're going to meet the future Justice League. Cool. Great. It's going to be great. Um, are we, we going to see the Fatal Five in time? Oh, I guess that's Justice League. Never mind. Oh, yeah. I think we meet some of the Fatal Five in JLU. I mean, I think probably okay. in the episode where they go into the future yeah, with yeah, the Legion yeah. of Superheroes. Oh, yeah, I was trying to think of if we were going to get to that episode before the movie, but I, I don't think so. Mm, oh no no that's absolutely that's, not that's no because that movie comes out in march and, and that's and jlu is the last one the last thing right? we're gonna yeah. do yeah we're like years off from that <laughs> uh but no, we're gonna see the justice league of the batman beyond era which yes. of course we revisit again in jlu mm-hmm. um but it's a good league yeah because it's it's what it's the green lantern it's the the son of it's warhawk yeah warhawk that was his name yeah so it's warhawk it's uh green lantern it's barda Big Barda. Yes. Okay. Okay. Yeah. 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 And Superman and mm-hmm. Aqua Girl. Aqua Lass, maybe? Okay. I think she's the daughter or granddaughter of Aquaman. I forget how that works exactly. Gotcha. Um, it's a good team, though. Excited for that. But season two has been kind of flat. Mm-hmm. Um, but I thought this was definitely one of the better I feel episodes. like it's, I, th- I feel like they were so focused on getting the other shows started yeah. while this was going on. Because, I mean, around this time, Static was about to start. Justice League was about to start. Oh, that's true. Actually, Zeta yeah. was about to start. Oh, I'm sure God, that took I mean, a lot of their time. Maybe we should start savoring this now. Yeah, because even a bad episode of Batman Beyond is still Batman Beyond. Because we're gonna have a few solid months of, of Zeta. Of Zeta, great. It's Can't gonna, wait. I still feel like we gotta try to find a way to get that as fast as possible. I want to. Sorry for for another brief tangent. Because there was a, a major moment that happened in in the anime world. Okay. Uh, last week uh there's been a fight sequence going on for the past i think it was like 36 weeks it was one fight in what show in one piece okay the the pirate anime yeah it's the long it's not the longest running anime but but it's the most popular anime in the world mm-hmm. uh, and the fight was between this this guy named uh, katakuri and luffy who's the main protagonist uh and it lasted so 
fucking long. Did you say 36 36 weeks? 36 weeks. 36 weeks. I mean, of how this one fight sequence. How do you even put enough variety in there so that it doesn't just drag? Uh it's well, another another part that kind of makes it drag. It does drag is the problem. Uh, but they both have the same power. Oh God! A very similar power. Uh, so he's he's made of rubber. Yeah. How did that happen? Yo ho ho! He took a bite of gum gum. It's not important. That's the theme song. <laughs> um, <laughs> it's a great theme song. I highly recommend it. I wonder if the audience can hear my eyes rolling. <laughs> I think you just went blind with how far back they roll. I rolled my eyes so fast <laughs> they've rolled out of my head. Yeah. <laughs> or under the couch now it's gonna take you too long to get him back we're yeah, just gonna we continue finish this podcast. Yeah, no. um but yeah it, it finally finished and i'm just like i i've i've had like a nice just like breath of of relief just like it's done you had a breath of relief imagine the animators yeah and everyone else who works on that show mm-hmm. they but must be relieved the, the story arc is still going they one piece is is it's almost frustrating. I get they <clears throat> they always do a great job with kind of making their stories very uh, different from or making their arcs very different from each other. Yeah. Uh, but they go on forever. Like th- this arc alone has been about I want to say about two hundred episodes. Oh my god! For no. one story, hard pass. Yeah. It's, it's, you say things like this, and then you're surprised that I have no interest in anime. Maybe not. Maybe maybe a hundred episodes. Oh, uh, but well, still. that's far more reasonable, isn't it? Well, th- this is the one that that I think I told you. It's this is episode eight hundred thirty five that came out this morning, uh, and this is the show that I I caught up on from episode one when I was unemployed. It took me a month <laughs> just to catch up. Wait, how does the math work on that? Because they're they're what twenty minute episodes. Mm-hmm. So it's eight hundred. This was. Uh, Two years ago, because before I have before I got my okay, right. Job, so how many episodes did you catch up on then? There were probably six hundred episodes. Okay, so you watched. That's all I did with my time. Wait, so if it's wait, there's six hundred episodes. Mm-hmm. Okay, so I'll say I'll say it took me two months to watch them all. So that's twelve. So twelve thousand minutes. Yeah. Of content. <laughs> when you say it like that. But yeah. it's not like I'm wasting my life. Right? I did that math right. Because <laughs> it's six it's six hundred. So multiply that by two would be twelve hundred. And then by ten, yeah, twelve yes. Twelve thousand how many minutes are in a month? <laughs> Hold on, so it'll say six hundred episodes times twenty minutes each. We'll do eighteen minutes because I cause I skipped the recap and the Cameron, opening and the ending. Cameron, there are forty three thousand eight hundred minutes. In a month. Mm-hmm. So you spent a quarter of that time, basically, watching this. That doesn't sound as bad. When I look at it that way, it's not that bad. Yeah. But, wait, okay, wait. Actually, no, there's different ways for me to look at this. Hang on. We're, we're going to break this down until, uh, until you feel bad about yourself. Okay. I mean, I always do. <laughs> so you watch 600 episodes over a 30-day period, mm-hmm. which means... You had to watch 20 episodes a day. Yeah. So you spent... Uh, hold on. So I'll, I'll, let's say I slept... We'll, we'll be generous. Let's say I slept seven hours a day. 
Okay. You know it's not true. It's not true. But I, 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 I want to sound as normal as possible let's for a minute. Start there. So so it's seven hundred and twenty. Um. No, that's not that's not right math. So it's thirty days times eighteen. We'll say. What eighteen for, for hours? So you have. Uh, seven seven. Oh, okay. Seventeen hours. Okay, yeah. So yeah, so yeah, so thirty days times seventeen hours. Seventeen hours. So that's and then times sixty minutes. So you have five hundred and ten hours. Mm-hmm. Okay, right. Yeah, okay. Hang on. I'm yeah, still, so it's thirty thirty thousand thirty thousand six hundred minutes. <gasps> five hundred <laughs> six hundred minutes. Okay. So you have thirty basically like thirty thousand hour like minutes mm-hmm. in a month. Yes. And you watched, wait, what was the number again? 600 times 20, 12,000 hours of content. Oh, wait, no. So half of my, half of my non-sleeping time. Yes. Just watching this. Yes. 20 episodes a day, Cameron. Yeah. I think that's the best statistic we can look at this from. You watch 20 episodes of anime a day. Yeah. And uh, yeah, that, that honestly... That honestly sounds like I'm lowballing it, because I was still watching other stuff at the, at the same time. I mean, look, I get it. I've had I've had periods in my life where like I wasn't working and I binge like Doctor Who and I just sit down and watch like almost an entire season mm-hmm. over the course of a matter of days. I totally get that. Yeah, but Cameron. Yeah, I I mean I I already feel bad about about feel bad for what I did. So if if you reach a point. Again, where you're unemployed. Mm-hmm. Hopefully you don't. But if you do, I'm coming over and I'm taking away. You can't take my Crunchyroll subscription. <laughs> taking it away, Cameron. I can't. I need it. I mean, I don't think there's another show that I like want to power through like I did then. Cause like even now, like I tried to rewatch The Simpsons and I made it maybe a hundred, 150 episodes in before I burnt myself out. And that was in a day. That was in one day. And that was in a single sitting. <laughs> like I tried, I tried Smallville, burnt myself out. Well, that's understandable. Yeah. That's, that's, that's rough that's going. A hard one. Plus that's, you know, those are full, like 45 minute episodes, mm-hmm. 40, 50 minute episodes. Yeah. Those are tough. And most of it's bad. Yeah. Let's be perfectly honest. I would do, I would do Buffy. I feel like, okay. I've yeah. never, I've never finished Buffy. Yeah. Same. I started it. And I made it partway through season four. I okay. want to say, I didn't need to go back and finish it. I would do. Point. I would do kind of like a like Buffy Angel. Yeah, I was watching uh, them concurrently. Mm-hmm. Um, because I mean, the thing is, that there's enough crossover. You kind of do need to watch. Yeah. I mean, it, that's part of the reason I stopped watching the the Arrowverse too. Was that you had to watch all of it? Yeah, that was a lot. Mm-hmm. Four episodes a week. Yeah. Hell no. Uh. Yeah. Uh. Yeah, because Black Lightning was not part of it. Yeah. Thank God. Uh, I love that also they capped themselves off at... Well, I guess they had capped themselves off at four, but now it's gonna, they're going to have a fifth. Mm-hmm. It's like, guys, just stop. I would do Cheers. I've never, I've never watched... Cheers and Frasier? I, I watched half of Frasier, but okay. I've never watched Cheers. Yeah, I've never seen Cheers either. I would do Cheers. The, the one that I've been thinking about going back to is the West Wing because I've seen bits and pieces of I, here yeah, and there. I, I would do West everyone Wing. says the West Wing's amazing and I do love the writing of Aaron Sorkin so yeah. I feel like I should go back I just to wanna, it. I just want all the walking talks, man. Yeah. I've tried to make Sorkining a, a word. <laughs> that sounds <laughs> sexual. I mean, 
also given it's, like that, a, it's like a very bad sexual term i mean given that it's we're talking like aaron sorkin if i were to say sorkin one would could very easily assume i meant just go do a massive pile of cocaine mm-hmm. but what i actually mean is like to have a walk and talk yeah so like but walk and talk is so fun to say it is fun to say it's got a great like alliteration i guess rhyming not yeah. alliteration um but yeah we'll be like at work and we're gonna go for a walk and talk like, yeah let's let's go have a sorkin you want to you want a sorkin with me <laughs> you know, let's go have a sorkin okay i've changed my mind there, there's, there's, <laughs> so i've immediately changed my mind hey there's an empty office on the road down the street do you want or down, down the hall do you want to go sorkin you have a sorkin uh chris we need to talk to hr yeah. uh i've decided i'm gonna stop trying to make fetch happen <laughs> on this one it's, it's not worth my time um but yeah, so it's like back to batman back to ace um he eventually he gets captured by that same corrupt amulet control guy and mm-hmm. returned back to uh to boxer and terry tracks him down to a uh like a, a barge where they're gonna have a dog fight and well no fir- first he goes to boxer's apartment oh that's true and he finds that he's making growth hormones he's like crazy gro- growth hormones which I'm, i was kind of upset because this is kind of we're going to talk about young justice in a minute mm-hmm. this is kind of the thing we didn't have back then where they just threw out references to everything. That's true. Because I feel like this could have been... I'm surprised they didn't use uh, Bane Venom. Venom. I was kind of yeah. surprised by that, too. I guess we're actually going to see the same growth hormone pop up again in an episode in the beginning of season three. Okay. Um, but I, I thought that, too. I was really waiting for it to be Venom. And I guess they've already revisited Venom, but I still feel yeah, like... Yeah, that, but that's why I know it still exists. Yeah, I think that would have been a more interesting way to go. Mm-hmm. I, I do like when they have all those little continuity points. And I I, I feel like they had a... They did a pretty good job with that in BTOS and also New Batman Adventures, but they don't do it quite as much here. It's yeah. like they do really obvious stuff. like They center an episode around a connection point, but they don't just sprinkle in references mm-hmm. in the same way. Well, um, I think because they were focused on like a new audience. Yeah, that thing is true. This, they were. Where, where now, like, you know, when we when we start talking about Young Justice, like they know exactly who their audience is. Yeah, that's true. It's us. It's it's us all the time. Mm-hmm. Um. But yeah, so Terry tracks him down to this barge where he encounters like the first attempt to do a growth homer with like this, like, this massive, grotesque kind of pit bull looking thing. It was, it was terrifying. I think it looked so ugly. This is for me is where the episode starts to lose itself a little bit. I I think overall it's really good and I'll, I'm sure I end up including it on my short list when we do that. Mm-hmm. But it did it did suffer from something a lot of these episodes suffer from which is like a good idea they're not sure how to put a climax on it and so to have him like fight this weird mutant dog i mean i guess it kind of had to be that they had to go so over the top that it wouldn't feel like batman was fighting a bunch of dogs yeah i think the more interesting emotional story is hyenas <laughs> clearly it was supposed to be hyenas clearly all the way through uh and they just they're just laughing at him yeah you just can't even get a punch in because they're too busy laughing exactly but no like I think if they had actually had him fight dogs that still looked like dogs, it would have been a bit too much. Well, I was thinking, uh, sorry, how, how would you, with hindsight, how would you have ended the episode? I think it needed to still carry through that emotion. I don't know if it was um, Ace, like Terry actually having to not fight Ace, but like them having sort of a showdown mm-hmm. sort of thing. Like if, the trainer had maybe if the trainer had sort of like um kind of a shorthand to get the dogs riled up like it wasn't just like years of abuse mm-hmm. which we see evidence of but if he had like a very specific thing or if he like gave them some sort of like 
like adrenaline jump or if, if it was venom like maybe that would have been the way to go like that he gives the dogs venom and so he gives ace venom and it's terry having to go up against ace and having to like calm him down and he also put a luchador mask on him yes of course <laughs> a, a spiked collar would have been yes. perfect his name now is base that's <laughs> <laughs> It's a terrible joke, but Isn't it's, so it? it's so good. Thank you. Pick that joke right up off the ground. Pick so that rotten, good. that rotten fruit up. Yes, I would have liked to see it been a, a Terry v. Base situation yes. here, and I think that would have had the emotional punch carry through to the end, and mm-hmm. like that would have been that that really tough thing where we think that they're they found Ace, but there's still the possibility of losing him. Yeah, um, and I think that would have worked for me pretty well. I was thinking. Because, again, we do have that problem of not showing animal abuse. Or not animal abuse. Dog abuse, specifically. Because we were fine with him punching other animals. Yeah. Um, hyenas, mostly. Hyenas, sharks. Yes. Um, but, I mean, we have we have this whole sect of splicing still. Mm. And I was thinking, like, how do you make dog fighting more interesting in the future? You combine them with other animals. That could have been cool, yeah. Uh, and so, because, you know... Because we've had the whole splicing thing with with humans, but like, how does it affect non-humans? Yeah. Um, so you have you know a fucking dog come out with an alligator tail. <laughs> why half not? dog, half puma. <laughs> yeah. Um, and that could have been interesting. And then and then you like you can fight a fucking uh, what do you call those? Not a griffin. Uh, not a oh my god. Chimera. A, yes, a chimera. Thank you. Uh, like you can, you can fight out, you can punch a chimera, a chimera, as they kept calling it in the episode, weirdly. Yeah. You can, you can fight one of those and there's no negative reaction to that. That actually would have been cool too. Cause the first episode of the season was splicing. Mm-hmm. It would have been kind of a fun bookend. Bookend. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. To just bring something back that we've already seen. Yeah. I think could have been really cool. Cause, cause also it could show Terry's growth of either he has a cure for that or he knows how to combat it better Yeah. now that he's had practice. But I, I mean, I think part of this too is that we're now looking at it, at it through the lens of shows with arcs. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, like we're going to be talking Young Justice. Like that show does a really good job of doing a season long arc and really building in long form storytelling. And so it, it, you go back to these shows and they feel like they could use a bit of that. Mm-hmm. Well, again, like we had the conversation last week. It, it was just the syndication of it. Yeah, that's true. I could you could watch this episode at any point in this in the season and it would still fit just fine. It still fits. I'm glad they saved it to the end though. It's kind of a nice episode to have a finale on. Well, I I read on on Wikipedia this this wasn't actually in production order. This wasn't actually part of season two. Oh really? This was so I think they said it was like the first episode of season three. Oh, but they included it in the DVD of season two. Oh, like so they kind of after the fact made it a finale of sorts. Yeah. Or maybe it was maybe it was like maybe a DVD bonus, and then no, because it wouldn't. No, it would have been DVDs back then. No, because yeah. it um, hang on, yeah, it aired August nineteenth, two thousand. Okay. Oh, it aired right before my eleventh birthday. Wow. I know. Look at that. It's a gift just for you. Just, just for me. Yeah. Happy eleventh birthday. Here's an episode about Batman's dog that'll make you cry. Yeah. I don't know. I overall liked it quite a bit though. Oh, get- also, uh, sorry, one last thing. The dog rips the bat suit. Oh, that's pretty that cool. That was terrifying. Yeah, the, the mutant dog, like, shreds. Like, he eats Terry and then, like, throws him back up, but also, like, shreds the, the lining off the outer layer of the suit. Yeah. Which I always love that when that happens. I think that's a cool look with, like, the exposed circuitry and stuff. Mm-hmm. 
But uh, but is he man? Is he machine? I I thought you're about to start breaking into is he a man or is he a Muppet? No. The only good movement from an otherwise bad Muppet film. (laughs) I don't like that movie. Was this uh? This is is the Jason Segel, Amy Adams one. Is it the first of the remakes or is yeah the first one? Muppets Most Wanted was the second one I haven't seen. Neither I haven't seen either. Yeah, I didn't like the the Muppet movie. It's just boring. It was just like, hey, remember the Muppets are funny rather than having the Muppets be funny. Anyways, that doesn't matter. Um, Yes, it does, Chris. If I can have my talk about One Piece, you can have your talk about Muppets. But no, because I really want to talk about Young Justice. Yeah, so we're we're gonna talk Young Justice seasons one and two because I finally finished my rewatch this morning. Yes, uh, it's been taking me a while to get there, but I did. You've just been you've been savoring it. I've been savoring it. I've been also busy. <laughs> no, you've been savoring it. You didn't you didn't feel bloated off of Young Justice like I did watching it all in a day. Yeah, I mean, you watched all. Oh yeah, no, and I, I I watched it in like a week. Um, so like, I don't know my, my big takeaway though, having just watched seasons one and two back to back, and obviously we're going to go full spoilers on this here. Mm-hmm. I think nothing for season three though. Nothing for season three. I haven't watched it yet. Yes. Um, I think season one is better. Like I a do too. lot. I, I was making, I was trying to make a list of my, my favorite episode. I'm like, well, I can't pick a favorite cause they're all so good. But of the ones that I listed, I have one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, I did, eight. I, <laughs> I mean, I didn't actually no, list... I have nine episodes on my favorite list. Okay. And only two of them are from season two. Yeah, that was a good idea to make a list of favorite episodes. I didn't do that. I just have kind of moments throughout. But um, I think I think part of the problem with season two is by expand... Like, I like they expand that world a lot. Mm-hmm. But in doing so, I think they move away from the characters that I liked the most. Like, I really like the original team, and I like their dynamic a lot. Yeah. And season two, I don't really care about the Reach. I don't think the Reach is that interesting of a villain. Um, I like Jaime Reyes, the new Blue Beetle, but I don't love him. We spend a lot of time I, with I him. I like Jaime. I like him, but he's not as compelling to me as the other characters. I think I like Jaime more because of Brave and the Bold. Okay, so I because, because he's also it's, it's the same character. Okay. It's, it's, you know, the new Blue Beetle. Yeah. But in Brave and the Bold, they go in a lot more to ted cord's backstory okay the the previous blue beetle yeah um and that's cool and and they frame it where batman and ted cord were like really close friends okay and so him kind of being blue beetles um kind of successor oh no, no, no batman sorry, sorry, being, batman, his, yeah, friend. Batman being okay. his his um not protege but the opposite of that his mentor yeah um that, that I really like that setup, and so I think because of that, I I enjoy the Young Justice version more. No, that's fair. I mean, I, I think you can kind of fall in love with a character and then still have that love in a different medium mm-hmm. a little bit. And I mean, it look both seasons are still great. Yes. Um, but I just think the first season's a bit more. It's a bit more fun just because they're all a little bit younger. Mm-hmm. Um, like I really love Dick in yeah, the season first one is season. more young. Ju- season one is more young. Season two is more justice. Yes, I guess it's a good way of putting it. But like I love their version of Dick Grayson, especially in season one when mm-hmm. he's Robin. He's so thir- he's, good. He's thirteen, and like he has, like we talked at length about why the Dick Grayson in Titans was terrible. Mm-hmm. Um, but by contrast, the Titans in Young Justice or the excuse, the Dick Grayson, excuse me, yes, in Young Justice is amazing. And you think about so you see every side of him. Yes. You have you have the cocky side, you have the hacking side, you have the the side where he is he expects himself to lead. Like I love that yeah. mini arc of like who is our leader. Yeah, he thought he should be the leader and he's and like, he realized... well, I, I like my mentor is the most famous. Yeah. 
I should lead because of that. And like, I am Robin. Yeah, and him realizing to let it go and let Aqualad take over. And mm-hmm. um, there's that fantastic episode with the the battle scenario. It's my that it, I think that's my favorite episode. It's in a great episode when it's they get so fun. when they um, oh, yeah, it's so like good. they're doing a like a battle simulation, like a ment- like a psychic battle simulation, and Miss Martian's psychic powers are so strong they overwhelm it was, everybody it was a, else. Uh, what's what's the word they used? A a zero, not zero sum, but it's it's a simulation that's meant for failure. It's the Kobayashi Maru. Yes, thank you. Do you know what that is? I do know what that is. Okay, I have seen Star Trek. Okay, so defensive. Because uh, I love that. I love that word, the Kobayashi Maru. Yeah, I know. It's, I it's, love it's, that. It just rolls off the tongue. It's fantastic. Yeah. Now, have you seen Star Trek Two though, The Wrath of Khan? Uh, you mean Into Darkness? No. Mm, okay. <laughs> yeah, Into Darkness, the weird sort of remake of Wrath of Khan. But anyways, he's not Khan. He's not Khan. He's, he's not Khan. Khan. It's Khan. It's Khan. <laughs> we got Khan. <laughs> Shut up. Shut up. <laughs> you take uh, Patrick O'Droll. <laughs> you leave. It's Peter O'Droll. <laughs> Peter, Peter O'Droll. Uh, but yeah, that episode when Miss Martian takes God. over the, the scenario, I think the best moment is... Like we're talking about the great thing that says is the long form storytelling because they come out of that and they're all just like, just flabbergasted. They're all overwhelmed by the situation. And the next yeah. episode is looking at the fallout from that. It's, God, and my favorite so part good. of the fallout is when Dick is sitting with black Canary and they're like doing their like post-traumatic like counseling session and him talking about sending his friends to their death mm-hmm. and him realizing that, Oh, I always thought I wanted to be Batman, but I don't. And now I'm not so sure. I'm, I'm getting chills talking about it. I mean, but like, that's just an amazing piece of storytelling. And it did in 30 seconds, what Titans failed to do over the course of an entire season, mm-hmm. which is it understood that character and it put him in a situation where it made him reevaluate his life. And so by the time we get to season two and he decided to be Nightwing, we get why. Mm-hmm. We get why he's becoming his own person all the way through. Like, that's a great, well, great also, moment. Also, looking back on that and the, like, at that scene specifically, because I, I also had that scene specifically in my notes, uh, and seeing him still fighting that through season two and three. Yeah. Um, where, where three, I, I, don't wanna, I don't really want to talk about it too much but you that, no, don't that, talk about it at all i haven't seen it yet okay at all all right i, I won't even i won't even bring <laughs> it up um but yeah god that like that whole those two episodes mm-hmm. I, I i could care less about the new gods coming in and i know that's when we get sphere yeah which is great but yeah I, the I, next episode's kind of meh whatever with i the, mean j- i if, if you just take out that whole story point and you focus just on the the counseling session of like yeah how all of them handle it so you have you have Dick who is just like willing to open up about it. You have Artemis that's very closed off. You have uh, Bart, not Bart, uh, Kid Flash, who's just making a joke about it. He's like, "Oh, I, I I knew yeah. it, was, it was fine. It was fine." Yeah. Uh, he's like, "Well, talk to me about when Artemis died," and he, he he you know chokes up. I I love the the sprinkling of like their romantic tension throughout yeah. the course of that season. Mm-hmm. It's really, really fun to watch. Yeah. And uh, I, I think maybe that's part of the reason I like season one a little bit more is it just was more fun. Like the storytelling got more serious in season two. Absolutely. Um, whereas I thought season one had a really nice balance of long form storytelling, but also independent episodes and also being playful. Mm-hmm. You know, like they have that episode where they all go to the beach and poor Wally is like still stuck in school. Yeah. That sort of thing. Or the, um, 
that amazing episode where he has to run the heart across. Yes, that's, that's also my short list. It is called... Uh, like Cold bl- Front or something? Cold Hearted. Cold Hearted. Yeah. Like... God, that's such a good... Because it's his birthday. Yeah. And it's, oh, it's... And it's everyone else is like teaming up together. Mm-hmm. And I think... They did more bottle episodes in season one. Yes. And they did them really well. But what's interesting is they also had more, they, it, yes, they have more bottle episodes, but they also have more mini arcs. So that's what I want to talk about yeah. for, for a quick second is, is how they format a season. Okay. Because they, they have short, middle, and long form storytelling all happening at the same time. So you have all of season one, the overarching story is the light and what they are. Yes. And what they're doing. But then in that you have, you have episodes that that are kind of broken up, which I feel like fans are kind of split on where you have these mid tier arcs going on where you have, you know, the red tornado arc Mm, of of that's going on where it's kind of every fifth episode is you get that. But then at the same time you have, the mole episodes going on and you have oh, the mole arc is really good. Yeah. yeah you have the Dr. Fate arc. Oh yes. The Zatanna Zatara, Dr. Fate. Yeah. Or even just a recurrence of Dr. Fate. Like yeah, exactly. So many people put on the helmet. Mm-hmm. So like, so how do you feel? Cause like I, I enjoy that storytelling cause it makes it feel like the world is so much bigger yeah. when it's not, when, when it's not just either an hour long episode or back to back episodes, but you, you, you kind of get the feeling of like villains, you know, their plan is thwarted. They're not going to immediately have a backup. Yeah. It's going to take them time to regroup, re, you know, go into the shadows, figure out what they're going to do next. And then they come back, come back, you know, a week later. Yeah. I think what I really liked about season one is to to your point, the storytelling feels deep. Mm -hmm. I think in season two, the storytelling felt expanded and, but it was basically really only one story. Yeah. Like everything was in service of, the reach, like the, the the machinations between the reach, the light. Well, and they kind of answered the, the other leak. story early because because the the B story was Roy trying to find himself. Yeah, and I because I remember all of that. I remember how good that was of him trying to find Speedy. And what I forgot was that Roy just disappears after he finds Speedy. Like once Speedy comes back and becomes Arsenal, Red Arrow just goes away. Mm-hmm. And I was waiting for him to come back. I wanted him to do more. And then I, I wanted more time with him and uh, Cheshire and their daughter. Yeah. Because I do love that episode where they go off to, well, I think, Tibet to try and find Speedy. And it's the two of them and fighting. Bring, and they bring yeah. the girl. You're just like, why the hell would they do this? Like, they totally could have left her with Artemis, but it kind of fits they would bring her along as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and his great line of like, should I be concerned with how much our daughter is enjoying this? Enjoying the violence? Yeah. Like, And I think... Episodes like that felt more in the vein of season one where they are uh, detached from the larger story. They're their own story. They're not really servicing the major plot because pretty much after that, every episode is about the plot with the reach. And I just don't really give a shit about the reach. And Mm -hmm. I thought black beetle was kind of a generic villain and he's just like super powerful. And every time he shows up, he wipes their ass. Yeah. And then goes away. I mean, that, that is also kind of a different, story from season one because season one they always found a way to win but now you have this basically darth vader who comes in and he kind of he has this presence of like fuck we can't win we have to we we just can't fight yeah that's our way to beat him is just run yeah so i i like that idea and i, I but did... i wish they i wish they did run more 
Yeah. Instead of always trying to fight him and always having the same outcome. Because it, it just got repetitive. Yeah. And I think maybe that was my problem was that the storytelling in season one felt much more dynamic. Mm-hmm. There were all those kind of uh, digressions and little mini arcs, as you pointed out. And so it didn't feel like a long season. Whereas for me, season two, because it was just one story they were telling, mm-hmm. you really felt the length of it. Because season two is only 20 episodes. Season one, I think, is 26. Mm-hmm. Season one felt shorter. Yeah. To me, despite being a longer thing, because it felt more broken up. Whereas this, I'm like, man, we're still doing this? Like, it took us this long to get to it? Yeah. Um, or maybe just I'm too used to watching The Good Place, so they just, like, burn through stories so <laughs> fucking fast. But, like, even in season two, we quickly establish that, you know, Aqualad is now working for Black Manta, and then it's, like, the oh, next... Oh, that is my favorite story arc, or, like, mini arc, though, is, oh, of is the, the, the Tigress. The mole. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, but it's like we established that he's working for Black Manta. It's like the next episode we establish, or maybe I think even my that favorite episode, episode is when Artemis dies. I'm thinking back on it. That's a good I think episode. I just enjoy because well, my two favorite episodes are uh, the simulation, yeah, and the uh, and and uh, the murder, and both the episodes where Artemis dies. I just like to watch Artemis die. Yeah, I, I think monster. I have a I have a theme going New on. Monster. Yeah, just fuck that character. Yeah, I, she's no Terra. I mean, she's great. I love Artemis. I do. I do love I mean, Artemis. She's Tara, but, but yeah, like, you know, we we quickly establish that Aqualad's a villain. And then either that exact same episode or immediately the following episode, we establish that he's uh, a spy, that he's a mole, it, it's, a double uh, agent. It's episode two. We learn that Calder is bad. And I think it's episode like six is when is when they attack. Because it's called uh, Depths is the is the episode where Artemis gets stabbed. Oh yeah. Um, do, 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 do. Oh yeah, I think it's the third episode we we get. Oh yeah, we get Aqualad back. Okay. And then I think at the end of that one we realize that it's um, that he's a, an agent, like a double agent. But it took all the way to the very end for that to kind of pay off. Mm-hmm. And it just it just did drag a little bit. Um, well, so so that that's one of my other questions for you is. Uh, with this kind of stream or binging world we now live in, and H- I think HBO is the biggest, com- like, uh, has the biggest problem with this. And I think it's also why season two feels so long. It's how do you feel when you have 22 episodes of questions and then two episodes of answers? Because that... Sort of the, the J.K. Rowling effect? Yes. Because, um, I mean, that that's what... And that's my problem with that's my biggest problem with Westworld. Yeah, is it's it's and I mean Game of Thrones kind of does it, and I think season one of this is better at it because it is the mini arcs interspersed. We do get, you know, it's 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 eight episodes of questions and then one answer, and then yeah. eight more episodes of questions and then one more and then one of answers. Yeah, it it does it does kind of drag, and I think the the shows that do it the best are the ones that have episodes still feel kind of episodic mm-hmm. like you you never watched Battlestar galactica right i have not so it's great now i haven't watched it in years um i basically caught up with it and then watched the finale live the finale was like 2012 i want to say 2013 okay it's a great show and it was definitely one of the first shows that did the binging thing it was like mm-hmm. you can see the like every episode would end in a way that you want to pick up immediately the next one what are what are their what is their villain called Cylons. Cylons, thank you. Yeah, and you actually see a bit of that DNA then spread into Breaking Bad, which is another one of those shows. Like, mm-hmm. if you're going to take a break, pause in the middle of an episode. Yes. Don't wait to the end. But I think Battlestar and Breaking Bad all, both were good about having episodes feel 
distinct, like their own distinct stories. Yeah. It wasn't just a chapter leading to something else. I think Young Justice season one did that well. I think season two was kind of more your point. Well, I, yeah. Season two also, it still had those, those a few bottle episodes. Um, but I, season two has my least favorite episode just because Which one? Teen Titans did it so much better. And it's um, the the Contest of Champions one. Um, oh, with um, it's Despero? Called, yes, called uh, Cornered. Yeah, with Despero. Oh, yeah. Which, I, I mean, it, it's a it's a fine episode. It's okay. I What I liked about that was that it followed on immediately after the destruction of Mount Justice. Mm-hmm. So they were good. Like, again, talking about when you're doing long-form storytelling, having them lose one headquarters, then lose another one immediately, like that sort of teeing up. Yeah. Works really well. well but that, but, that but episode then itself it, was kind of meh. I, I get that. But then that that plays right into the Reach's plan of of revealing the headquarters. The Watchtower. That, yeah. Yeah. Exactly. So it, it all kind of played into itself. It did. But I agree with you. That episode on its own was just kind of okay. And also Teen Titans. That's one of my favorite episodes of Teen Titans is the Contest of Champions. I don't remember that one. To be it's, it's, uh, it's great. It's when uh, we first meet Speedy. Uh, and, and you, like, oh, okay. and like Robin and Speedy are kind of this like, com- like oh, friendly rivalry going on. I do kind of remember this now. And, and yeah, Robin like goes all out to be the winner and we meet Hotspot, we meet Wildebeest, um, well, who else? The Gizmos in that episode. God, that's such a good episode. I need to go back and watch all that at some point. Uh, but I, I do want to just do a quick comparison because it's, it's what I do. I love comparing Teen Titans and Young Justice because yes, I love them do. both so much. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think one of the biggest things about Young Justice is they, it wasn't like it started out as it's kind of being the stepping stone to get into the like that's where they they thought they had to do this to get into the league yeah and then it turned into its own thing which is awesome, um, but when I wrote I wrote some something about this where did I write it well oh you mean like they thought that they had to have their own team first before the I like because uh, I think even. Um, Roy makes the joke of they're the Junior Justice League. Yeah, they're they're, they're a, never named. They're not, which is interesting. Mm-hmm. There's never an official name for that team, as far as yes, I can be, tell. because they're just meant to do the stuff that the the league can't. Yeah, um, they operate in the shadows. Yes. Uh, okay, so I wrote Young Justice really dives into the question of what it means to be a sidekick and the kind of inferiority complex that comes from that. Yeah. Something Teen Titans uh, never even mentioned outside of a brief moment. Oh, uh, kind of the idea of being a sidekick is such a main focus here. We're in Teen Titans. The only reference we get to it is in uh, the second to last episode of season one, Apprentice Part One, is uh, Slade is talking to Robin and says, uh, let me be the father you never had. And he mm-hmm. says, I, I, he says, I already have a father figure. And then you have bats fly across the background. Oh, yeah. That's the only reference we have. But I think part of that comes down to the fact in Teen Titans, we never see the league. That's right. Yeah. Which I thought that was in, like the kind of interesting thing about Young Justice is it's the first time that we have everyone in because in Justice League, we spend no time with any of the teen sidekicks. Like, right. And at that point, there were none. There was no Superboy. There was no there was Supergirl who does come back in JLU. Mm-hmm. But like even in JLU, we never see the but Bat she's never treated return. as a sidekick at that point. No, she's not. But like we never see the Bat family return. Like there are really no sidekicks. There are not a lot of sidekicks in the DCAU. And then Teen Titans avoided the league entirely. What I liked about this show was that it had both of them. Yes. And like it did a pretty good job of having them 
interact without the Just League ever overwhelming it. Mm-hmm. I mean, obviously in season two, they have the whole plot line of them having to go to stand trial and that's why yeah. they disappear. Grim War. Um, but in season one, they kind of kept, they did a good job of keeping them at distance. Uh, but I also did love in season two when they um, siege the Krolatean base and it's everyone's together. Yeah. So it's like Batman with the entire Bat family. It's Wonder Woman and Wonder Girl. It's Superman and Superboy. Uh, you know, both the Martians. We see everyone teaming up with their their Ex- mentors. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's a great episode. And just yeah. like watching them all coordinated and having their fight style. Like seeing the whole Bat family working together. Something we never even got in the DCAU. Yeah. We never had them all together at once. So I love that stuff. Mm-hmm. Like that was amazing. Uh, and then the uh, oh god, what was the episode where? Oh, it was um, it was early in in season one where uh, Aqualad goes back to Atlantis. Oh yeah, uh, where all the other characters kind of have their family moments. Yes, because that's when Robin is dealing with not being the leader, and so he's kind of being more aggressive and. And you see Alfred and Bruce, and their their response to that is, let's go play basketball like a family. And I'm yeah. like, holy shit, he's a fucking dad. Yeah. <clears throat> and that's like, again, this show understands its characters. Mm-hmm. And also, it helps that it's Bruce Greenwood doing the voice of Bruce Wayne. Yeah. And you know how much I love Bruce Greenwood. Famous basketball player. Famous <laughs> basketball player, Bruce Greenwood. Um, but also, in like, for me, my headcanon, uh, Under the Red Hood, is set in the Young Justice universe. Okay. I mean, it's not the only count, like the only connection point is it's the same voice of Batman. Mm-hmm. Um, although we do know for a fact that Tim Drake, or excuse me, uh, Jason Todd did exist. Yes. He yeah, just we died. See him, in we the, see him in the, in the hall of memories. Yeah. He died in that five year period. Oh, I know. Same with, um, Tula, what's, what's Tula, oh, Tula, Tula and, uh, yeah, Ted Cord, the original blue beetle. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I do like that episode. They all go off to their families. Like we see Wally has such a sweet relationship with his parents and yeah. like, you know, they just want to keep, they have to like feed him all back in a flash. Yeah, exactly. Does he say that all the time? Like, yeah, he every, does. every time, <laughs> even, like, even that season two episode, the introduction of impulse. But yeah, that, that's also on my, my short list, um, which I forgot that there was that whole like time travel element. They also mm-hmm. never come back to, it, at least they haven't as far as I've seen. Don't tell me if they do. Hmm. Season three. Okay, good. <laughs> Doesn't say anything. Um, but I really like that episode when impulse comes back and yeah. we get that. We, they never say it explicitly, but we definitely get the sense that in the original timeline, uh, Barry died. Yes, there. So I thought that was really sweet that they they incorporated that. Um, but it's just fun. It's just I love all three speedsters together. I I always love. So I brought this up when we first started Batman Beyond. I love future slang. Yeah, and how everyone starts adapting. Crash the mode, crash. dude! You got to crash the mode. Which, so the thing that's interesting is it's not. Dude, I'm so moded right now. So moded. Stuff to make mode happen. Yeah, uh, I think what's interesting is that that is Reach slang that has infused yeah, the that's culture. Right, because when the Reach use it, we don't yet know who the Reach are. So it makes it seem like they're also from the future. They're not. That's just like that's their slang. Mm-hmm. Um, which is pretty fun. Yeah, I do. I do love. Yeah, like slag it. Like I love like fake slang. It's one of my favorite uh, things. I also love because it's something I missed the first time I watched the show, and I brought it up when I when I started my rewatch of. Of the word of how of the the vocabulary Robin uses Robin specifically oh whelmed yeah how everyone adapts whelmed stay whelmed everybody yeah I love that so much or yeah we're having a major aster here right now yeah um oh god yeah like there's that great episode in season one where uh the villains break into Mount Justice 
and like it, it ultimately comes down to like Artemis on her own, mm-hmm. trying to like it's it's um, not the villains, it's the it's the other two tornadoes, it's the other oh, two right, reds, the other tor- yeah, it's the other two reds, the other mm-hmm. tornadoes, um, oh yeah, the other two reds, yeah. So many good good episodes, yeah. and also I love I love how season one comes to an end. Where, like, they've been kind of teasing along all the way that there was this mole, but they basically, like, kind of, they seemingly had gotten around that. Like, oh, there was never a mole. It was just there to, like, plant confusion. Um, the League is always in the background, and they have it all come, come together when they're nominating who should join the League. Because mm-hmm. um, I think one of the best lines in the whole series is when they're debating as to what how young is too young. Yeah. And, you know, Bruce was saying, like, oh, like, I started training Robin when he was nine. Um, and what's the exact line? It's like, oh, is it one woman says, oh, you trained him that way so he'd turn out like you. And Bruce just goes, no. So, so he, he wouldn't. wouldn't. Yeah. <sighs> oh, my God. I mean, just like that. Even in those moments of like vulnerability and self-awareness, he's still such a fucking badass. Yeah. Like, listen, you can never. You can never. You can never get a one up on you him. You can never get a one up on he's him. He's always ready. I love that version of Batman that is just even even when you insult him, he will insult himself better yeah. and then also make you feel bad about yeah, he'll, it. He'll he'll slim shade he'll slim shady that shit. That's that was one of my favorite lines in the whole thing. Yeah, um, yeah, and that that whole discussion. <clears throat> excuse me. <clears throat> there we go. That whole discussion of um, yeah, like what like is it age or maturity? Because yeah. you know, then it's like. Well, on Mars, Megan is like 300 years old or something. Yeah. But then Superboy is six months old. Yeah. So is he going to have to wait 17 years? Or, you know, then Captain Marvel always pops up. Like, he's a kid. Mm-hmm. I do <clears throat> love when the League finds out. It's, it's a great episode. When that, they, that's also on my short list. Yeah, when they uh, the kids get separated. Mm-hmm. Um, the kids don't get separated and they realize he's the only one that can go back and forth between the two. Yeah. Which is so fantastic. And uh, I just, I love their version of Captain Marvel. Cause misplaced. Like he's, yeah. Misplaced. Yeah. He's such a kid. Um, and maybe that's one of the reasons I liked season one a bit better too, was that I thought they had more variety to the rogues gallery. Cause they had the light operating in the background, yeah, so but that, they that, also that had was, the injustice society show That, up that was too. another question I wanted to ask. Um, because do you feel, how did I write this? Uh, do you feel with the plot structure, we care less about the villain, the villains compared to BTOS? Because I feel like they're because one, there's so many. Like every yeah. episode, there's never one villain in an episode. There's always multiple. There's a whole bunch. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. Oh god, I'm so fucking gassy right now. <laughs> um, there's never one, but also because they're broken up so far apart. Yeah. Like I, I when I remember my first watch, I could never remember who um, the the Red Tornado creator was. I still don't even remember his name. Ivo. Yes. No, 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 no. Ivo built Amazo. Um, so it was, it was his competitor because they used him to find the base. Yes. Uh, Tio Morrow. Yes. Thank you. Because uh, I, on my first, even on my second, even on my first watch through, I always, I would forget like, oh, right. He's that guy. Because we haven't seen him in six episodes. Yeah. And the last time we saw him, he was in it for five minutes. Right. And now he's a central character. Yeah, they definitely they sprinkled many more villains in the first part of mm-hmm. it. Wait, what's your question though? I got lost in the Oh, um uh do you think we care less about the villains oh, do care less? compared to Betos? Um or even Justice League? I think uh I feel like in Betos the villains made the show. 
Yes. Because they were the kind of only source of variety. Because um, even when villains would recur, they would do something different with them every single time. Like that show hangs on the villains. And I think when you got to New Batman Adventures, they played more with team dynamics a little bit. Like the the heroes themselves had a bit more to do. Mm-hmm. I think that's part of the reason why Superman was always pretty flat was that... We didn't care about him or the villains. Well, yeah, like you couldn't adopt the same model as Betos because he just didn't give a shit about his Rose Gallery quite as much. Um, whereas I think when it comes to Young Justice, the, the main team dynamic is the most interesting and dramatic part of it. And the villains are texture. Like they're, they're, they're flavor on the whole thing, but they're not the crux of it. Mm-hmm. So I think you do care about them less. They're, you're just kind of more enjoying their presence. Yeah. And they do a good job with all of them. Like I think that their, their version of Lex, I think holds up pretty well in comparison to say like the, the Clancy Brown one. Yeah. I think the one glaring exception is their Joker is terrible. We also, uh, he's also, it's also one of, the, one of the only series where he's not like a central villain. Yeah. Like he, he's part of the light, but just barely. I think he's not even part of the light. He was just recruited. Oh, yeah. So he, he's, yeah, he's, he's was part of the in... Injustice Society mm-hmm. that was basically brought together as a decoy yeah. for the light. Um, but even, you know, even like Roz, who is, you know, was a prominent character in BTOS and is just kind of a background character of the light. I think he's still really well done, mm-hmm. even in Young Justice. Like at the the end of season two, when he's like the one person to recognize the the disguise charm that Artemis is wearing. Yeah, um, the glamour charm. The glamour charm. Thank you. It's pretty fun. But yeah, I think... Uh, I think season one of Young Justice, you were really just hanging on the team and their interaction. And then the background villains and plot lines were kind of sprinkling and kept things going and kept it interesting. Um, And then I feel like in season two, the light is just not that interesting, nor is the reach. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I I also think they focused more on the league in season two. Because because yeah. they did you know they also had a, a few members move up yeah there's a lot of so you had Rocket Justice. and Zatanna yeah yeah they're now on they're an official league members mm-hmm. too and maybe part of it too is I just I'm just don't really care for this younger batch of heroes as much yeah I'm not a huge fan of of Lagan no Lagan. I don't like Lagan I like their version of Beast Boy mm-hmm. but wait for season three okay <laughs> but he, I mean he's like fine but he's not oh, great God, he's such a good episode. Sorry, um, sorry. you know I, and I don't really care that much about uh like i said blue beetle i, I like wonder girl i like they brought up Batgirl. Mm-hmm. um i like the um the they introduced the what are the runaways they have another name because that's marvel but um not, you have not the outsiders because y- season three is the outsiders no yeah no it's it's um virgil and long shadow oh, i did yeah i don't really know who the other two are mm-hmm I did love the inclusion of... And then Arsenal joins him at the end. Yeah, I did love Virgil in yeah. this. I really... I thought they did a great job bringing him in and, like, explaining how he got his powers, that he was manipulated by the Reach. Mm-hmm. And, and, then, and then you get that also, like, really nice moment of, you know, Reach was mainly going after Runaways, but then Virgil's like, no, man, I, I love my parents. Yeah. Like, my parents are great. I was just out for a walk, and I got picked up. Got picked up. And like, I want to go home. Like, I, I get you guys don't. Like, I still have a home to go back to. Yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm excited. I'm, I'm assuming Static is in season three. I'm not going to say. Okay, don't find them. Don't say anything. Um, okay, I do want to talk about one thing. Okay. Their version of Guy Gardner is hot. 
I, I don't. I know have what a he problem. Like. I have a problem with this. If like a sexy guy gardener is wait, is it? I always forget. Is is it this? Is it Young Justice or JLU where they go through the thing and like should we had should we add another one? Okay. When they're trying to figure out re- new members to recruit, it's Hal and John Stewart. And like, yeah. well, what about Guy Gardner? No. no. I love that so much. In perfect sync. Um, but like, I mean, because you know, Guy Gardner normally has like that weird bowl cut, mm-hmm. and he's just like kind of meh. But hang on, bring up a photo here because. He's he's the best in uh This is this is Brave and the Bold. This is young uh, I, oh, young Justice Guy Gardner. Yeah, he is, looks he looks like Roy. Yeah, he's fine as fuck. All all the redheads they just make them look the exact, they just have one character model for a redhead. Uh yeah. Mm-hmm. It's great. They all look great. Um I'm on board with it. Yeah. So I, I wanted to read off my short list really fast. Mm-hmm. Um uh I'll, first off, do you have a favorite episode that, that you can just kind of think of? I should have thought of that question ahead of time. Um I think the the Kobayashi Maru episode, whatever it's called, mm-hmm. uh, fail fail safe, fail safe. That one I do love. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that that and then the fallout are are my favorite. Is my favorite story. The fallout. The, just this not, not the just the interview. The, uh, oh, the BTS episode that follows yeah. it. Yeah. Um, I do really, really like that. Um, da, 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 I'm trying to think what else. Uh, I'll, I'll read mine because okay. I'm sure some of them are, are the same. Mm-hmm. So Fail Safe is, is my absolute favorite episode where they failed the mission. Uh, the Kobe, Kobayashi Maru. Yeah. Terrors, uh, when when Superboy and Miss Martian go into Bell Rev. Oh, and, and they, they, that's a good episode. I love yeah, that episode. That's a really good episode. Because you also get like the hints of, of Superboy and his inferiority with, with Superman still. Yeah. Where he's talking to Doctor Strange. Uh, and that's also the start of their relationship. Oh, that's true. Episode. We meet Icicle Jr., who's one of my favorites. Icicle Jr. is great. Who also, he, he comes back in season three for a brief moment. And it's the, the oh, most it's, adorable interaction. It's so good. Um misplaced is the episode where the humans and adults are sorry, the, the adults and, and kids are, are split because uh, that's also when we get uh zatara putting on the helmet um, oh yeah yeah so you lose zatara in that episode and oh man that hurts cold-hearted is Cold-hearted so good is when when kid flash is running cross-country performance because i've talked about this one at length in the podcast before that's uh where they go back to uh, the circus. That's a, that's a great episode. That's such yeah. a good episode. And it ends on the best line of like, like I know what a, I know what a Grayson looks like in the air. Or whatever, however mm-hmm. he says it. It's just like, oh man. It's so good. Haley. Um, so that's, that's from season one. Uh-huh. And season two, Bloodlines, which is the introduction of Impulse. Uh, Depths, which is when Artemis dies, yeah. quote unquote uh complications uh i really like because that's when you have the the two storylines kind of flip on each other so that's when we learn blue beetle is under reach control oh that's right yeah uh and while that's going on miss martian is trying to get out of the ship as i was writing like my my brief description of this episode i realized like how many characters you have to know to watch this one yeah because you have to know blue beetle impulse uh, and and Nightwing basically for for the first and and the Reach mm-hmm. for for storyline A, but for storyline B it's Black Manta, Simon, Tigress, uh, Miss Martian, Cheshire, and uh, oh, Sportsmaster, Sportsmaster yeah, it's a lot. at a minimum <laughs> to understand this. It's episode. a lot. 
Like, oh, think, and Deathstroke, because Deathstroke has Deathstroke's the trigger. Yeah. I, I think that's one of the fun things about this universe is that it is so expansive and everyone's in there. Yeah. But but this the moment uh, when Deathstroke is... Not Deathstroke. When uh, Artemis is fighting her dad, fighting Sportsmaster, yes. and has to convince him that she is still alive. And so she does the move that he taught her mm-hmm. to, to, to knock him out. He goes... By God, you are Artemis. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, that's so sweet. Like, is, I love that moment. That's a good one. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then and then obviously in game is Wally. Oh, yeah. Because then there's also the photo that they took in season one that finally comes back. And that just like ripped my heart out of of uh, when when Artemis first goes to school. Oh, yeah. Dick comes that, up and takes a picture. Wait, but Endgame is when Wally disappears. Oh, it was, was the photo when the photo he was, turns into Tigress? No, the photo was when we thought Artemis had died. That's early on in season two when they like yeah 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 the when, death she, of Ar- when she turns to Tigress yeah yeah the death of Artemis is when Dick goes back and looks at that photo. Okay, yeah, but it is a great moment when that God, comes back. That, that moment rips my heart out. Comes like, back. We'll around. remember this someday, or we'll laugh about this. We'll laugh someday. about it someday. Yeah. Oh man, but yeah, Wall, where's Wally? It it echoes in my head. It's so painful. It's yeah. It's that's so good. I forgot how quickly that happens. Yeah, yeah. Because that's like the last three minutes of the episode. Yeah, and it's even just very quickly explained. Like he's absorbing the energy coming off this thing, and then, mm-hmm. like he'll just cease to exist, and yeah. off he goes. God. Yeah. Oh, no, it it's hurts. it's it's really good. And there, I mean, obviously, then season two ends setting up Dark Side, which is super exciting. And mm-hmm. I love that in that final scene, Vandal goes to Apocalypse, and we see uh, G. G. Gordon Godfrey. Yeah. Who I love in season two. I mean, voiced by Tim Curry. So mm-hmm. he's absolutely fantastic. I love it. He always says the reach. The reach. Um, but also, as I was watching, I was like, this is too real. Yeah. Now, it's it's just way too real. Because we our, have Lex Luthor as our president. Well, I mean, we would be so lucky. That's true. To have Lex Luthor as our president. But I more just meant, like, that idea of a really pot, like, just the... I mean, oh, the, G. Uh, Gordon is so Fox News yes. at this point. Um, and he's just such a manipulative little piece of shit weasel. Mm-hmm. But again, because Tim Curry is so charismatic. And then he he reminds me a lot of um, in V for Vendetta. Yeah. Prothero. Mm-hmm. Uh, I cannot remember that actor's name, but similar sort of thing. It's, yeah. a, it's a very similar concept. And even that actor kind of sounds like Tim Curry. You need to borrow uh, Spider-Man PS4. Because J. Jonah Jameson, uh, I think I told you, he doesn't run the paper anymore, but he has a podcast. Oh, really? That, that just kind of plays while you're swinging through the city. That's fantastic. And so you can, it, it'll stop when you start a cutscene, but you can just kind of sit there and listen just to listen it. listen to it. And that it, it, it's 100% just Fox News. That's amazing. I mean, it's, it's kind of like it's so uh, funny playing Grand Theft Auto back in the day, too. Would there mm-hmm. be those times you just like sit and listen to the radio station? Because it's like what they're talking about is so funny and it's yeah. so good. I don't have any other big notes, but here here's my my thesis question for okay. Young Justice. It's a hard one to answer. What is justice? What is justice? No, what's better, Young Justice or the DCAU? Oh man, I I love Young Justice so much. I I'm gonna say Young Justice because I because I. It's it's taken everything that the DCAU started 
and just enhanced it. I agree, mm-hmm. actually. Now, I, it's a little unfair because the the culture has changed. The culture has changed, and I mean, and also Young Justice wouldn't exist without the DCAU, exactly, and, and for many many reasons. Mm-hmm. But also, the DCAU is much bigger and a much more varying quality, right? I mean, you know, there's a twenty year. Well, no, when did Young Justice come out? Two thousand nine or eleven. Okay, so there's, let's say about, what, roughly 15, 16 years between when BTOS started and when Young Justice premiered. Mm -hmm. The world had changed a lot, and even how storytelling was done has changed a lot. And I think that... 2010. I think, okay, yeah. So Young Justice feels most reminiscent of, say, JLU. Oh, absolutely. And I think Justice League and Justice League Unlimited is where you kind of get into the most sophisticated storytelling. We talked about this before, the most sophisticated storytelling in the DCAU. But I actually do think the Young Justice universe is better. And I think one of the big reasons is everything already exists, right? So the problem with the DCAU is that it's hampered by the fact that it has to introduce everyone and everything, right? So because we started with just Batman, by the time we got around to introducing... Superman, you have to introduce Superman. You have to introduce every single villain that Superman goes up against and fights. And what ultimately ends up becoming is that universe feels really young. By the time we got to Justice League and Justice League Unlimited, it was able to more embrace the fact that there's all these other random characters out there. And they didn't have to introduce everybody. They just existed and it was fine. Yeah, we didn't we didn't need origins or right. why they're... I mean, I guess in Justice League, we did get a reason they're all together. Yeah. Like the first episode does connect everyone but we i think what helps is with young justice we jump straight into a dc universe where all these heroes have existed for many years exactly they've already formed the justice league they already have sidekicks the sidekicks already know each other um and all of these relationships are established and then the storytelling is about establishing new relationships challenging the existing ones asking the questions of what is it does it mean to be a sidekick um I think just the the storytelling is more sophisticated. It here. absolutely is. Um, and but who knows? By the time we get back to, to JL JLU, maybe we'll we'll be a little bit warmer on the whole thing. I mm-hmm. think part of it right now is that I love Batman Beyond, but season two is not really the high point of the DCAU by any stretch. Yeah. Um, so when you're actively comparing them, because I was watching them simultaneously, I, I think Young Justice is mm-hmm. actually better. And this is something that uh, our friend Katie will be very happy to hear. Because she was telling me for years I had to watch Young Justice. Like, you got to watch it. It's just as good as the DCU. You got to watch yeah. it. Like, you have to get over your your kind of stigma against something that's playing in a similar sort of space. And I was like, no, 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 no. Finally sat down and watched it. I was like, okay, yeah, you're right. This is amazing. It's so good. Having watched it again. I'm excited for you to watch season three. I, I am very excited that I'm now caught up that mm-hmm. I can get to watch season three. I'm, I'm glad I went and rewatched it, though, because I'd forgotten so much. Yeah. So much of that stuff. Yeah, because yeah, yeah, even when I did my rewatch, because this was my third time watching through the whole okay. series. Uh, like I forgot about a lot of the sub stories in season one. Like the the one that I remember just because I love uh, Doctor Fate so much. Mm-hmm. I'm just like, oh yeah, there's like like half the seasons about Doctor Fate. Yeah, like, no, it's like three episodes. Yeah, it just seemed like so much does happen in that first season. Mm-hmm. And maybe that's part of a season two. It feels and like then like yeah, I completely happens. forgot about the whole Red Tornado arc, and then yeah. his his because there's the main arc, and then there's also the side arc of him wanting to be more human. Yeah. Uh, and you know, he built a human body for himself and, and we learned that the other reds are former justice league members mm-hmm. or they were justice society members. And you're like, God, that's so much. There's, it, it's, 
it's literally years of comic history condensed into a series without ever feeling overwhelming. Yes, a little is, overwhelming. <laughs> I never found it overwhelming. When I was just looking at the list of villains uh, this morning, that was when I'm like, "Fuck, this is overwhelming." I mean, there's a lot of villains, but what I loved about that too is that they would throw in villains that I just I. I don't no know. idea. I like, yeah. Like, like that brain and the robot thing, or what's the, the French monkey's name? Oh, Minsuamala. Yeah, Minsuamala. I forgot about Minsuamala. him. Minsuamala. I forgot about these characters. Mm-hmm. It's, it's just, it's. Not to be confused with Girl Grodd. Like, Absolutely I always not. Very different. Confused. Very different. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, yeah. The brain is um, the Doom Patrol main villain. He is? Yes. Yeah, so, Brain, uh, when we did our Doom Patrol episode oh, from Titans, that's right. Uh, brain was originally Lab partners with the leader of of doom patrol oh yeah the professor uh, i forget yeah, yeah um or yeah professor doctor whatever um and he was accidentally he was caught in an explosion caused by um not mastro because that that's the other psychic but the doctor yeah uh and so he now is doing everything in his power to to stop you know his former lab partner that's right I forgot about that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then Minsoor Mala is is kind of his is basically his lover. Oh, that's fantastic! Yeah. I love it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I love these things. Yeah, um, they play chess together all the time. I'm all for atypical relationships. Yeah. Um, no, it's it's absolutely fantastic. So obviously, I'm gonna try and get through season three as fast as I can, mm-hmm. and we'll we'll follow up on that. Yeah, there's, there's only soon. 13 episodes Which at helps. the moment. Yeah, yes. like so yeah, we'll we'll do the the mid season. Point. And yeah, and we have uh, part two starts in June, if I remember correctly. Okay. It's what's coming. So Doom Patrol, as of this episode, when this episode comes out, Doom Patrol will start this Friday. Um, and once that's done, the next series that DC Universe is doing is part two, two or, two or the this. second half of season second three. Half of this. Okay. Super excited for that. Not all excited for Doom Patrol. Won't watch it. I'll, I'll, I'll let you know how it is. Yeah, let me know. I mean, I love Timothy Dalton's in it because I love Timothy Dalton. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, Brendan Fraser's in it. Look, I love Alan, Alan Tudyk's Tudyk. in it. I love the people in it. I just don't care. I'm so burned after Titans. I, just, I, I, I get I it. I, I'm only doing it for Alan Tudyk because I, I love under, him I so much. I understand. Um, but yeah, so I do want to do a quick, uh, quick little session notes from friends. Okay. Uh, I have a, a special note from a friend this week. Ooh. It's actually from my cousin Nico. Hi, Nico. Who uh, listens to the podcast, obviously. Listens to both of my podcasts. I'm sorry, Nico. It's a lot of my voice you have to listen to. Um, but he wrote in after episode 109 to talk about Airbud. <gasps> oh, boy. So I'll, I'll read the email out. So it's, uh, hi, Chris and Cameron. Uh, this is a bit late, but I just finished episode 109 where you talked about Airbud. So I thought I should chime in and share some of my unnecessarily in-depth knowledge of the ABCU. Oh, yes. The Airbud <laughs> Cinematic Universe <laughs> trivia. So without further ado, <clears throat> number one. Uh, Buddy's first on-screen appearance was in an episode of America's Funniest Home Videos. Wow. I did not know that. Uh, this is where it gets really good, though. Number two. <laughs> I should I'm be already la- excited. I should be laughing at this, but it's still kind of funny. Five puppies died on the set of the direction DVD movie Snow Buddies. Oh, no. So before filming began, Disney imported around 25 golden retriever puppies that are set in Vancouver, which was currently in the middle of a six-month-long outbreak of canine para- uh, parvovirus. All the imported puppies were roughly six weeks old, and none of them had received parvo vaccinations. These are usually given when puppies are between six and eight weeks old. At least 15 of the puppies were infected with the parvo soon after arrival. Allegedly, the situation got so bad that the puppies were placed on IV drips in between scenes. 
Disney eventually removed all of the remaining puppies from the set and brought in a new batch. Filming was suspended after the new batch was also exposed to the parvovirus. In the end, at least five of the Golden Retrievers died and at least 30 were exposed. Oh uh, coincidentally, the film did not feature the usual no animals were harmed in the making of this disclaimer. Oh my gosh. Um, That's really sad. Trivia note number three. Snow Buddy sucks. So those puppies died for nothing. <laughs> <laughs> Which is so good. But he also says, uh, I don't want to end this on a sad note. So he has a question for you, Cameron. Okay. Have you watched Mob Psycho 100? I have watched Mob Psycho so, 100. So he says, uh, the art style takes some getting used to, but the animation can be surprisingly good at times, especially in the current season. Uh, and he thinks it's well worth checking out. So what are your thoughts? It's so good. On So what is Psy- Mob Psycho 100? So there, there was that other anime that I that I told you to watch. That's not My Hero Academia. It's called One Punch Man. I know of One Punch Man. Yes. Yeah. Still won't watch it. Okay. So One Punch Man is written by a guy named One. Uh, just like the number. Okay. One is the loneliest number. Exactly. Uh, two can be as bad as one. Uh, it's the loneliest number, number since the number one. Oh. <laughs> um, Sorry, continue. Uh, so One Punch Man was his, was his first series. And after that, he it's, it's made by the same creator. Okay. Uh, Mob Psycho 100 is a, it's kind of, in the same way that One Punch Man is a flip what? of the genre. The loneliest number that you ever knew. Do you know where I learned that song? Where? Uh, the Recess movie. <laughs> no shit, really? <laughs> yeah. Recess schools out because uh, all of his friends, all of TJ's friends go off to summer camp and he's walking home from the bus stop <laughs> and one of the loneliest numbers playing in the background. That's fantastic. Yeah. Okay, anyways. So. Um, so Mob Psycho is about <laughs> yeah. a, a kid, uh, a middle... Uh, is it, high school high schooler uh who has uh un unparalleled psychic ability okay uh but he never uses it because he he doesn't he doesn't want people to like him because of that okay but no one likes him normally oh uh so he's working for a um kind of an exorcist who has no psychic powers, who's okay. just a scam artist. Yeah. Uh, and so Mob kind of has to go along. He work, He's working as the intern, and he has to go along and actually clean up the mess because people actually have psychic problems oh. uh, that uh, that his boss is just kind of cheating them out of money. Like, he'll mm-hmm. throw salt on the ground. Be like, we got him. And then Mob will, like, snap his fingers, and the, the actual ghost will, will, like, fly away. Yeah. Uh, but so he, he suppresses his emotion because he's scared... Because uh, when he was younger, he had like a, a blip where he lost control of his power, uh, and he like attacked his brother. He has a younger brother. Okay. Um, and so he he tries to suppress his emotions as much as he can, and so whenever something happens to him, the screen jumps to a percentage, and that's how close he is to losing control again. Oh, interesting. So Mob Psycho okay. 100 is saying when he hits a hundred percent, his name is Mob. Yeah. He becomes psychotic. When he hits 100%, Mob Psycho 100. Okay. Um, and all of his power just comes out. And it basically destroys everything in sight. Jesus. Uh, and so it kind of... There's a lot of comedy in the show. But because of that kind of ever-rising number, you know something bad is about to happen. Yeah. Like, there's always that fear of, like... Because, you know, it's, sometimes it'll jump 2 or 3%. Sometimes it'll jump 20%. Oof. And then it'll just stay there for the rest of the season. So yeah. Like, oh, we, so we can't like bring it back down. Right. It doesn't go down until he hits a hundred. Oh god. And then it goes back to zero. Uh, and it's it's great. It is. It's a very weird art style. Yes. But there's a 
there's a special word and I think it's Madhouse that did it. I don't remember okay. which studio did it, but there's a special word in Japanese animation where it switches from kind of the generic animation style to like very, very, very stylized art. Oh, uh, I think I've seen this style before. Yeah. Um, this but, looks familiar. But that stylized art is what kind of makes artists famous in Japan. Like, yeah. Like, uh, storyboard artists and concept artists, uh, like they, like they get the, they get money for these scenes. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's where all the money goes to is like, you know, most of Japanese animation is, can be done on a limited budget because they spend so much on these big action scenes. Hmm. Uh, and also the theme song for season one is someone just singing the numbers one to 100. Really? <laughs> yeah. It's a great song. Oh my God. That's fantastic. Mm-hmm. I mean, it sounds like a, an incredible concept, like so much of anime. It sounds like an amazing it, concept. It's, it's like, I will it's so ne- anime. I will never watch like, it. I, 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 just... I would recommend people watching One Punch Man first because it's something that Western audiences have a better understanding of. Uh, but Mob Psycho is, is just so good. Yeah, I'm sure it is. I'm just, I hate to say it. I hate to say it to both you, Cameron, and Nico, I won't be watching it. I, I know. I'm I sure it's it. good. I get it. Um, but anyways, like, Nico, thank you so much for writing in. Yes, I was like, thank that you. That was really, really fun. Thank you for asking me an anime question. <laughs> Don't encourage him. Damn it. So I started watching this other show. I'm trying to abuse <laughs> that out of him at this point. It's not happening. Uh, but uh, so we wrap up real fast here. What are your, uh, what are your plugs? My plugs. Uh, I watched a movie this week. I was invited to a screening. I think I'm allowed to talk about it. I'm going to oh, talk about it anyway. Oh, look at you all fancy going to see a screening. Yeah. Uh, I wasn't sure I'm what to mad that you went to think- screening and I didn't. Yeah. I-, I wasn't sure what to think of this film because I'm not super into the culture, but I'm learning more about it and I'm, I'm enjoying what I'm learning. Okay. But it's called fighting with my family. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's the movie produced by the rock star, not starring the rock, but the rock is in it. Dwayne Johnson is in it as well as Nick Frost. Yes. Who I love. It's, I think it's I mainly based, watched it for him. Of course. Is it based off of a true story? Yes. Yeah. So it's, it's for people who don't know, it's kind of a nice introduction to the world of WWE. Uh, so it's about the, the youngest, uh, the youngest female wrestler to win the title of diva, which -hmm. is, which is their, you know, belt holder yeah, or title champion, whatever word is. Sure. Uh, and so it it follows her life coming from this like small town in England from a, a very wrestling centric family. Both of her parents are amateur wrestlers. Uh, both of her brothers also tried out for WWE, Mm -hmm. uh, and didn't didn't make it past the audition phase, but okay. she did. Um, and then it's just kind of, it's like, like, you know, obviously everyone knows wrestling is fake at this point. Um, but it, it's cool to see how much still goes in it behind the scenes. Mm-hmm. Um, like part of the story I wish they went into was how they actually craft the stories. Oh, okay. I, yeah. That like could have been they, really cool. How they, how they write the show basically. Yeah. Yeah. That could have been interesting. Um, but no, they, they mainly went into like, the physical work, like the, like how much fucking effort goes into these things. Yeah. And that was really cool to see. So do you feel like it, it does a good job of portraying the reality of WWE in a good light of being like, look, everyone knows this is like fake, but like, here's the the truth behind how hard this actually is. Mm-hmm. Cause I mean, that's that like, I don't watching that sort of shit. doesn't appeal to me at all, despite it's blatant homoeroticism. Um, but I do have an appreciation for it. Like you listen to interviews like John Cena and some of these other guys and it's a lot of work. Mm-hmm. Like it's actually a lot of physical work, but I mean, 
to your point, there is a lot of writing that goes into creating these characters and these storylines. And they, yeah. they glow, I kind of think, does a good job at kind of talking about this stuff. Yeah, oh, too. yeah. Um, but I mean, it, it's a real, like, art form in its own right. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, I mean, it's how there, there's a, a great, oh, they, uh, there's a great way someone described it. And they said it, it's soap opera and spandex. It's, I love it. Isn't it? Isn't that a great way to it's say fantastic. it? It's fantastic. Yeah, it's uh, so true. But uh, there's another video I watched about it that just happened to, to coincide with the movie. Uh, where they where they did talk about like it you're getting a full dramatic story with no dialogue and like how oh, do you how do you yeah, okay how do you talk about like how do you do that yeah um, and then the the side video I watched talked about kind of the the rise of kayfabe uh, is is I guess the term they use and that's that lasted until the late 90s where like if it, it's kind of living in the reality you're crafting okay where no matter what you're doing where you are like if you're a good guy you you always have to be a good guy around the fans if you're a heel you always oh, have to be a heel around okay the fans. right you, you yeah. can never be seen in the same room as your rival yeah but clearly behind the scenes they were all friends they're all friends yeah so in the 90s when there was the big battle between wwe and wwf um the uh not WWE, whatever the other one was mm-hmm. um there were two wrestlers they were jumping ship and so during their last fight it was a group of four and they were all villains of each other and so they they finished their fight and while the cameras were still rolling like the fight ended they were kind of panning back about to go to camera all four of them walk on stage and give each other hugs okay and fans were just like what's going on you guys like this was kind of when the reality broke for a lot of people yeah they're like, you guys are supposed to hate each other. Why are you smiling? Why do you have your arms around each other with your hands up? Yeah. Like, this is not okay. Mm. And so from that point on, it kind of transitioned of like, okay, we know it's fake, but we're still going to treat it like, you know, it, it's still a, a, a form of storytelling. Yeah. They're going like, to go like method. You, yeah. Like, you, you watch a movie and you know it's not Sam Jackson talking to Chris Evans. You see it beyond that. Yeah. Um. But there was one story. I'll tell this this one quick story. It's not really quick. I'll tell this one story, uh, and then then I'll then I'll let you go. But there was a wrestling story arc from uh, from a couple of years ago. It was a Japanese wrestler, uh, and a, a an American really looked up to him, and so he became a professional wrestler, and they became a tag team act. Okay. The two of them, and the story they crafted took years to finish, but the uh, the American always felt a little inferior compared to the main to, to the Japanese wrestler. And so after like a year of together, they split and he joined the heels. Mm-hmm. And so then one of the main heels had to fight the Japanese wrestler and he was supposed to sneak up and beat him, but he couldn't do it. And so he was kicked out of the heels group and so he was kind of on his own for a little bit. Uh, and then, you know, kind of two or three years pass and they fight each other for the first time. Okay. And it was this huge emotional kind of, you know, fight is this huge emotional moment going on between them. The Japanese wrestler wins, uh, and they, they go back to being like this unbeatable tag team. And it was, hmm. it's kind of this beautiful story that they crafted. Yeah. They literally took like six years That's to incredible. tell. Yeah. Um, but, but yeah, I, the more I learn about wrestling, the more I'm like, this is pretty cool. But I, 
I'm so far away from it. I can't start now. Th- that seems like a real deep fandom to have to try and dive into. Yeah. And you already have a number of deep fandoms, Cameron. It's true. I don't know how you could add another one into yes. it. So, so sorry for taking so long. What what have you been watching, reading, listening? Uh, I really don't have much. I did watch last night for the first time uh, Ichabod and Mr. Toad, the Disney film. Great movie. From 49? Yep. I mean, okay movie. But yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's... I, I it's, was the also, la- it's the last of the the missing 40s. Yeah, it, it's fine because it's like two separate movies. Um, like lose like kind of the 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 tying factor is that they basically there's two different narrators and they're like, oh, what are your favorite books? And you never actually see the narrators. That just like a book slides off of a shelf, like a live action book slides off a shelf and opens up. And mm-hmm. first we're talking about the 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 craziest character in literature, which is uh, J. Thaddeus Toad, <laughs> the Wind in the Willows, and then they do the similar thing for Ichabod. And um, I don't I mean they're they're both fun. Um, I'll admit I was a little drunk when I was watching them, so I don't even. That's fine. A lot of the details of even like the Ichabod one, like I wasn't really paying super close attention. Uh, but what I found so surprising with the um, the Mister Toad one is like it has nothing to do with the ride, right? Like there's like no, there's very few similar plot points between the two of them. Like I I love the ride because it ends with you like breaking out of jail and getting run over by a train and, and then going you to die hell. and go to hell, and none of that happens in. The movie, which I think even the movie is like the loosest version of The Wind in the Willows. So it's just this fascinating thing to me of this this character in this story that like has all these iterations and none of them have anything to do with each other, but they're all the same thing, kind mm-hmm. of. It's really bizarre, but it was a fun watch. Because um, I love Mr. Toad's Wild Ride. It's one of my favorite rides at Disneyland. Yes. Uh, and it just, it, I have to admit, J. Thaddeus Soda is this fantastic character. Um, plus good old Angus McBadger. He tries so hard. Mm-hmm. He tries so hard to help things out. He just can't. A little mole like barely ever says anything. It's really adorable. It's, it's pretty fun. Um, but yeah, that's that's all I have, actually. I really haven't had time for anything else other than that and <laughs> watching Young Justice. Young Justice. Great. Uh, <laughs> but I uh, finally got caught up on that, so we'll we'll do season three soon. But I think that does it for us. We yes. did it. Wow, yes. this episode is a little longer than we were ready for. It's all good. We had a lot to talk about with. We did. It was surprising to talk about with Ace and so much to talk about with Young Justice. That's right. Um, but yes, if you have uh, any sort of a questions for us or thoughts or uh, if you want to chime in on the what's better, Young Justice or DCAU. Please do. Debate, yeah. I'm actually very curious about this. Maybe like put a poll out or something. I feel, I feel like we're about to be blacklisted by our community. Cons- considering what the subject of this podcast is, probably. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, let us know. And we are at Tim Talk Pod on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and and Gmail. Yes. Uh, if you want to send your ire personally directed at me, I am at Lordifer on Instagram and Twitter. Uh, if you want to ask me more anime questions, <laughs> you can send those uh, to Don't either encourage him. to either Cameron.dexter or Camdexter underscore adventures. Don't encourage him. Please do. Please it makes my me. life so much more difficult. I love talking anime. Think about so how much, much time I gave you today to talk about anime. I know. I really appreciate you it. You talked about Avatar. You talked That's about not anime, Chris. That is not anime. Avatar is not <laughs> the same thing. I'm going to get into that conversation right now. We're about to start our own bitter rivalry on the podcast here. I'm, I'm clearly the heel in this situation. <laughs> yes. Clearly. But thanks for listening, everyone. Thank you. Bye.